0: You're listening to Well I Laughed, part three of Lost and Found, Bailout.
1: Hey, before we get into the episode, just so everyone knows, this is part two to last week's episode, so if you missed last week's episode or haven't listened to it yet, definitely go back and listen to that one before you listen to this episode. Um, Otherwise, it's not going
0: to make any sense.
1: Uh, Anyway, enjoy the show.
0: If okay. you want to be my lover, you gotta get, get with, with the Mike. program <laughs> and get to it. Yeah, um, I had a, it was such a sweet little interaction. Uh, we so one of my coworkers is non-binary, mm-hmm. so they use uh, mix as their right, title, right. so it's mix and then last name M X. And they the student comes to me and they go, you know how so and so is mix blank, and I'm like, yep. And they go, so why aren't you mix Thomas? And I go, oh, that's like a really sweet yeah. question. My my pronouns are he, him. Uh, so my uh, name is Mr. Thomas. Mr. is like usually, you know, assigned to like he, one, yeah. him. And then miss or missus is like she, her. Mm-hmm. And then mix is kind of non-binary. But that's like really kind of up to your own discretion. And I'm trying to like explain it, but not jump into the full pool. Because I'm trying to also like... Actively teach a lesson in that moment. Yeah. It's just like a quick little brain thought. And the kid goes, Oh, okay. So your your pronouns are like he they, and so that's why you go by Mr. And <laughs> I go, I That, hey, story. like, n- there's nothing wrong with that. Great try. Right. They're yeah. they're not. I mean, they are, but they're not. Like if you if you've heard me as they in a conversation, that's fine. But he him is generally that's what I fine. go by. Yeah. Which is which is why it's mister. Not all gay people use they <laughs> as a pronoun. I, just, I think maybe that's where you're getting caught up on it. You can be gay and not have they as a pronoun. And the kid was like, ah, oh, okay, okay. And I don't know if it was an okay as I'm like, okay, that all kind of comes together. Or, okay, I've now asked more questions. And I'm <laughs> and less I'm certain confused. than I was before. <laughs> you know, uh, it was sweet. And I'm glad they feel comfortable enough to talk to me about yeah. it. Yeah, man. So it works sweet. Yeah, work's I works great. That. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there was. I feel like when I was in high school, I just did not have a full grasp of like non-binary and all of that. Because there was a person in my world history class, I think, and they had there. There was two of them that were really close, and I think one of them is trans now, sure. but like was like getting there in high school, and then the other one. I'm not sure if they really understood the game.
0: Okay. Because, as in, like, they were figuring themselves out? Uh, yes. Or didn't know how to... Okay.
1: I, both, okay. I think. I think at some at one point they made mm. an announcement to the class that they wanted to be referred to as, like, it.
0: Oh, okay. And
1: we were like... And I, I know in my head I was probably being very prejudiced because I was like, huh, what the
0: fuck? Right.
1: <laughs> but looking back on it, I was like, no, that still doesn't make any sense.
0: I mean, I'm not here to question anyone's, yeah. like, chosen identity. No. I think that's one I haven't heard a lot of. I think
1: of. now, or I think I saw them maybe a couple years later and they were going by they them. So I think they were just like trying to find Settling their way on there. Something? sure. But like, it wasn't quite right. And, and listen, I think about that a lot. I
0: know you went to high school in like 2022, but even back then, she's <laughs> so young. Even back then there wasn't like the kind of discourse there is now yeah, or exactly. like the kind of material or education, things like that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I mean, back in 2010, 2011, of course there were trans and non-binary people. 2010? Do you mean we would bolt the doors? Yeah, we bolt the doors shut so the dinosaurs couldn't get in. Yes, exactly. We watched the stock market crash, (laughs) Um, and of course there's like trans and non-binary students. They were not out Out, by any means, Mm -hmm. at least not that I was aware of, not that I was the holder of all knowledge in high school, like I am now.
1: uh, (laughs) Name an actress, any actress. (laughs) I
0: had a lot of espresso in the last hour, and I am feeling, honestly, sharper than I felt all day, which is great, because I've already done my day job. Um, (laughs)
1: That's terrifying.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I kind of...
1: We're having espresso martinis, and in case you are before you ask, they are decaf. Grant really had a thought. I was... <laughs> Casey offered to make us espresso martinis, and I was like, yes, but decaf for me, please. And Grant said, oh, I'll do calf." Um, oh, uh, wait, gosh, actually... <laughs> uh,
0: gosh, I-
1: It is 7 p.m. I'll go
0: decaf, and then if I need more, I can drink something else later, something like that. Uh, Well, I showed up with a red Solo cup. Also, it was a green Green. Solo cup, and Casey really judged me for it for a second, and I was like, it's iced coffee. (laughs) 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 I took this beautiful little nap on my couch uh, Mm. because my Christmas tree is up. I need to put mine up. it's three pieces and the lights are already like woven into it <laughs> and so i go like stack 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 plug in fully lit tree already that's nice it's yeah it's really nice
1: i think last year i couldn't find my lights i think i put it up solely for our dog sitter who is watching <laughs> the dogs while we were out of town for christmas and i was like i gotta make this less depressing than it currently is <laughs> yeah I need to find the lights this year. Um, Maybe I'll buy new ones.
0: Speaking of the holidays, I am... Driving home on Friday mm. to go start Thanksgiving break with my parents. I'm gonna be there for a while, longer than I usually am. Um, and we're like,
1: gonna play the game of how long can he stay with his parents?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, the tough thing is I really do enjoy myself. there. Mom and dad still work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for uh, okay, the most part. Okay, so you still
1: get some time. To
0: yeah, hundred. And we still, I still have the old NCAA PlayStation PS3 situation. Okay. So I just revert back to like a much younger, weirder version of myself. Um, and then there's like, you know, cocktails and dinner every night. And oh, you yeah, that cannot is nice. beat that. Yeah. But I'm going home so early so I can get a proper Saturday of college football yeah, with that. my dad. Yeah. And we'll be, we're going to make so many dips. And then we're going to order. I'm jealous of the
1: dips. I you, keep thinking about the dips.
0: It is the, like the food of my people.
1: I know. I started editing last week's episode. Uh, <laughs> like last night, and you mentioned the dips. And I was like, God, I want a good dip. <laughs> and i went to king super's today to buy stuff for the chili that i'm going to make later and i was nice. like none of these dips look
0: good I oh, no you got to make it yourself yeah
1: yeah i know but like I what my wanna. sister
0: will do is she makes this a cheese ball so it's oh, like yeah. a block of cream cheese maybe a block and a half
1: i've seen those yeah yeah but yeah. then
0: you already in like worcestershire mm-hmm. and green onions and then dried beef you've seen that no oh yeah yeah so a little bit of dried beef not like beef jerky. That's every time nuts. a
1: new food is described to me from the Midwest, <laughs> I'm convinced it is not part of the United States.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like dried beef, like it's, but that's cut yeah. like deli meat, so it's thin. So you kind of slice that up, and then it's green onions, Worcestershire a little bit of like garlic powder, and you whip it up. Sometimes my sister will put like a little bit of shredded cheese in there like too the, the to help powder. break it up. Yeah. Um, and then it, you know, formed into a ball, and you eat it with triscuits.
1: That does sound good. And you're
0: familiar with what Midwestern sushi is, right?
1: I don't know that I want to know.
0: I kind of need to explain it okay. to you. Now. <laughs> so I would say it's a cousin of the deviled egg. Okay. Which you're a fan of. I do love a deviled egg. But it's also like art in food form. Yeah. So a Midwestern, a Midwestern sushi is you take a whole dill pickle. Okay. And then you wrap, you like cover that bad boy. And cream cheese.
1: Damn, there really is nothing to do in the Midwest.
0: <laughs> then you roll that cream cheese up in some deli sliced ham. What? And then now that you have what looks like on the outside to be a hot dog, you then slice her up, and then it looks like sushi because it's like a sushi sized bite. I need to show this. They're called, like pickle no, roll ups I fully
1: understand what you just said. But I'm I need questioning you to see it with your ethics. eyes.
0: <laughs> Pickle The morals I don't Pickle, ro- Pickle Rick Pickle roll ups Here we go Um I don't know if it'll load Good Maybe Yeah Good. yeah there we go That has uh, tortilla on it And you don't That's the traditional way of doing it See her face is worth it <laughs> They're so good.
1: Oh, I'm not doubting that. I love all of those foods that you mentioned. I just want to know what it's kind. Heinous. Yeah, what? It feels like human centipede level of just like masochist. Like, I'm glad the outcome worked out.
0: You walk up to a table that has like that. <laughs> Jesus. That has like that deviled eggs and a cheese ball. You're like, oh, hell yeah. I'm going to have such a weird stomach <laughs> yeah. problem later, but finger foods, hell yeah.
1: Do you remember a couple of weeks ago you were telling me about the chili and the cinnamon, cinnamon roll? Yep. Yeah. Did I tell you that my friend Alexandra, who's from Wisconsin, like texted me while I was in the midst of editing that episode. She was like, I need to ask you something that maybe Grant has told you And she described the chili. And I was like, there's no way Grant didn't just make that up to make fun of me. I was like, this is not real.
0: No, a real honest to God thing. Just,
1: such a niche thing to have multiple people bring up to me
0: it's okay i've said this before i don't think on the podcast though i think nebraska was like my first true great love affair that like broke my heart because (laughs) i could could not live there the politics absolutely not food uh you know the the culture of food i think um i just think I spent a lot of time there and I have a lot of family there and I'm deeply aware of how long my like family has been there mm. and obviously like I'm not I don't hate that I'm from Nebraska my <laughs> sweatshirt right <laughs> now says, says Nebraska. Nebraska on it um, but just couldn't and also couldn't live there for the politics and now you know, I like to hike, I like to ski, you know, I'm too, I think, adventurous like doing for Nebraska.
1: You uh, you can't do in right, Nebraska. Right,
0: exactly. Yeah. But um, it's a special place, and it's fun to visit for two weeks a year. Um, and yeah. so, one of my favorite parts is how weird our food culture is, definitely, is. compared to all the other Midwestern states, too, because you have, obviously, cinnamon rolls and chili. Yeah. Uh, I don't think pickle roll-ups are unique to Nebraska. It but also
1: just, se- it feels like finger sandwiches, but like leveled down which feels right for the midwest yeah 100 yeah. <laughs> percent. but also
0: it needs to be able to sweat if you mm. when it's out it needs to be like to sweat a little bit yeah, that's really great um i also love have I, have I talked to you about runzas before
1: that name sounds really really familiar it's a
0: bun like a bread roll bun that you can uh-huh. shove full of hamburger meat and cabbage yes. and a little bit of onions yeah. mm-hmm. and then you bake that and it's called a runza Again, hyper-specific just in Nebraska. Yeah. You're not going to find it elsewhere. It's, like, so
1: close to other foods, <laughs> which I think is what drives me nuts. It's, like, <laughs> an
0: OG Hot Pocket. Yeah. Listen, the oh, the founders of Runza have this, like, gorgeous old home <gasps> on Sheridan Boulevard in Lincoln. And it's, like, brick, and it has, like, this green roof. It's gorgeous. And you're like, yeah, that's Runza money for you right there. <laughs> that's what hot cabbage will get you in this town, you know? <laughs> that it, That's it right there. That's old money. Do you see them French doors on the first floor? <laughs> Old cabbage money right there. <laughs> Anyways, these foods were so common. <gasps> chili with cinnamon rolls, uh Arunza, that we were fed them all the time when we were in elementary and middle school mm. in Lincoln Public Schools. Yeah. Never even occurred to me that any of this was weird. Yeah. It turns out it is. Yeah. Our uh, elementary school cafeteria, you know the like little ketchup cups or whatever? Yeah. Like on Fridays for like a special treat sometime, they would put cookie dough in there. It was, I grew up in a Norman Rockwell painting. I have said that before. I don't know why I got it so again. scared. I, mean, <laughs> I didn't know what
1: was going to be in that cup. And it was. I, I heard the C consonant and heard <laughs> coke.
0: And went, oh. We'd all uh, just get a little bit of name brand soda. No, it says there's a little bit of cookie dough every Friday. I love that. Yeah, That's very cute. It was a really sweet, really sweet childhood. Would never move back, but really sweet childhood. Yeah. I had other stories, but yeah, I think that was good. I think that's, I think I think I covered I had it.
1: a story and I, I completely forgot it, so <laughs> um me and Casey went to a Friendsgiving this past weekend. How was that? It was good, I drank way too much red wine and also mm. ate way too much, way too fast, and my entire body was like, You better not <laughs> I had to, like, sit in a recliner for, like, 30 like minutes. belly out. Yeah. And then, it, and then Kelsey, so I watch their dogs a lot. And so, basically, they call their guest room my room, which I found oh, out, which was that's very cute. sweet. But they were like, yeah, we made the bed up in case anyone, like, needed it. And I was like, I'll be in my room. I'll go
0: lay down for a second. So, I
1: laid down, and Kelsey came in with, like, this cup of, like, uh, like water with, like, chlorophyll extract in it to sure. help me, like, digest. And I was like... This is because I ate too much green bean casserole. (laughs) And I was like, God, I like inhaled my food. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, Casey got more food than me. Casey finished before me. Mm. And I am in pain right now. (laughs) And you're telling me he's fine? He's just
0: down there all jovial and stuff. Yeah. But the wine's probably what filled you up, all that sugar.
1: He had Mm. beer.
0: Yeah, I think it's a little different. I don't nope. know. Maybe I'm nope. just old enough now that nope. I'm like wine. I don't know. What do I have going on tomorrow? Things. Okay, I can't have, <laughs> I can't have wine. Just the more beer straight is so gin. much more filling, though. <laughs> I hear that. Okay. I just think the sugar in wine always messes me up more than like the actual fermentation of like a beer or mm. like a liquor. Things. Kelsey like that. Kelsey
1: picks really good red wines though. Oh, like I, I can Great. <laughs> I can't drink red wine usually anymore unless unless Kelsey picks it. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I don't. I don't know what it is. Uh, I was at Costco and I was like. I'm feeling red wine. What do I buy? And she was like, so you can get this one. This one's like a really good deal nice. if you get it at Costco. And I, I've heard of this this particular winery, but like I don't know if I love it. I don't know if you'll love it. Mm.
0: And you're like, so the red one? <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I was like, you seem to get me. And she was like, oh, well, when you're involved, I try to only get a Zinfandel or a cab. Nice. And I was like, Oh, so you just know me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Have you ever had a back before? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Probably. I don't know. It's I smoky. I just know that I love a Zin. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, back to Thanksgiving dinners for a second, because mm-hmm. that is absolutely like an area specialty for my family. Uh, the Midwest. Have I told you about what our holiday potatoes are?
1: No, all I can think about is that one time, or I've been to your house for Friendsgiving multiple times, but no, but last year there was some very strange dish and I can't get it out of my head. What
0: was the dish? I don't remember. <laughs> okay. Um,
1: <laughs> I think Lydia brought it.
0: Oh, then yeah, probably. Yeah, not mine. Um, <laughs> holiday potatoes, at least in the Thomas household, you boil your white potatoes, but you mm-hmm. also boil like two yams peel those, throw the yams in, okay, so now you have white potatoes and a couple yams. You're gonna mash that up briefly. now you're gonna take a whole cup of Asiago cheese and you're going to add that into it as well as about half a cup of sour cream and like a whole stick of butter and you're going to kind of mix all of that together and you know you are good when you pull it up and it starts to kind of like stretch like a dough and then you've added so many dairy products that you've actually cooled down the potatoes and we need to reheat them in the (laughs) oven real quick before we can serve them but uh, they're good. That sounds really good. good. Yeah, that's why I'm going home on Friday to go to Thanksgiving. I'm like let's <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh this is the other story um so casey and i are going down to texas for thanksgiving with his family but we're not going to like where his family is where we rented a house mm. or his family rented a house in uh like kind of near corpus christi oh, cool. for like the entire family and casey has a brother and a sister the sister has three kids and a husband and so it's going to be like a lot of people we love love. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we were, we were talking about it and we were like oh man like we're gonna we're gonna be with family for a real long time, Mm. because we don't have the dogs, because usually if we're in Breck, we can be like, we're going to hang in the dogs for a while. Right, 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 Yeah, or... See you
0: later. Yeah,
1: or, you know, whatever. Um, We're not going to have the dogs. We're not going to have a car. Oh,
0: you're going to be trapped.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and so we were like, I love love them. I love them. Love them. Um, But, holy shit. And Casey was on the phone with his mom yesterday, and we were talking about, like, some of the logistics, and she was mentioning, like, yeah, I'm asking, like, every one of you guys to, like... Ha- be in charge of one meal that isn't Thanksgiving, mm. since like Paul, his dad, um, and I, his mom, are doing Thanksgiving dinner. Right. And so, she was like, "Yeah, so I can like, if you want to send me a list, I can pick up the ingredients for you, or like, you can take Paul or my car down nice. there." And I looked at Casey and I was like, "Take the car. Take the car. Take the car. Take
0: the car. taking the car. We're taking the car. We're taking the Number car three, now. my lord." <laughs>
1: Take the car, <laughs> and he was like, "We'll take the car," and I was like, "Yes, yes,
0: we just want to see what's fresh. We yes! just want to see what's fresh down there in Corpus Christi. He was like,
1: "That's why it'll be a surprise." And I was like, "Good save, good save."
0: I love that. My family's love language is absolutely snack giving, and so mm. uh, my parents have taken to vacationing in the Ozarks, and there's this really fancy grocery store there that it's like seven aisles of fancy cheeses, and mm-hmm. then there's like half of one aisle where you can get bread. It is, <laughs> it is not a grocery store it I is you're not <laughs> absolutely it there's like olives and then like a bunch of meat that you can grill so it's
1: just a charcuterie board yes as a store. but also
0: like steaks and stuff it's, <sighs> it's 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 mostly beer actually as i think about it more it is a it's a uh, one-stop shop for a lake party but anyways mm. whenever we go down as a family my parents bring us there and you know like kids, like rich kids in movies, they'd mm-hmm. go to a toy store and your parents would be like, grab whatever you want. Yeah. That was my parents at this cheesery. They're like, grab whatever sharp cheddar you want, kid.
1: <laughs> and Grant was like, hell yeah. Yes. <laughs> like
0: shoveling in. Um, yeah. 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 Okay. So, cool. Well, yeah.
1: shall we get into. Nice.
0: Cool. I think that was a good amount of personal yeah. information. That yeah. we gave out. Good.
1: I was like sitting, <laughs> I was like reading when Grant came in and I was like, God, I have not talked to anyone today. <laughs> this is gonna be weird, and then I was like, "No, we have like 20 minutes of catching up to do. That's our warm up.
0: That is our warm up. <laughs> we're athletes. We are warming up our instruments. <laughs> um, I as I put, walked up to your door, I was like, God, those 11 minutes when I was asleep were like really peaceful.
1: All right, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna know what I had? My little, my little menti break over. Why did earlier? I feel like you were gonna
0: say My Little Pony? Not like too. twice, I was like, say it, yeah.
1: in <laughs> say, it, say it. Did you see this hole in our A ceiling? Hole.
0: No, you guys are actually such high ceilings. I never really noticed. What?
1: Uh, Yeah, so I ordered a new light fixture because I decided the one that was here, um, it hung like pretty low over the table and didn't provide like any light. Oh, yeah. And so me and my little mentee depressies over here at work were like, there's just not enough light in this house. And so I ordered a new light fixture. It came on Sunday. And so I was like, I should probably make sure I can take that down before I like start on the new one. So I took it down with Casey's help and then started (laughs) building the new one. And they gave me one of the wrong parts. And so I had to wait. It's it's going to come on Wednesday, but now I have I have no light. <laughs> it's just a hole in our ceiling with wires coming out of it.
0: Who were we talking to who was like, "Oh, my mom was like really into wallpapering." And, like, was it not you? I don't think so. Okay. I was talking to a friend, then, and they are like, oh, my mom was, like, really into wallpapering. And, like, every room always had, like, a different wallpaper. And I was, like, crazy. Like, one time my mom was like, I want to wallpaper the living room. And, like, the next day she just did it. And I listened to the whole story, and at the end I was like, that's so crazy that your mom hasn't been diagnosed for ADD. Yet. <laughs> like, that's nuts. Was
1: this my friend Jess's mom that painted their bedroom?
0: Was no. That? Okay. But, I mean, that very much same yeah. energy. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, fortunately, here in the studio, we have enough uh, actual lights that we are yeah, good I to go. Yeah, I have
1: other lights that I can use to give me some fake vitamin D.
0: Um, but speaking of complicated family dynamics, uh, Patty Hearst. Patty
1: Hearst, yeah. So, um, where, where,
0: where did we leave off? Where were we? Yes,
1: we left off after the... The fire, the FBI raid shootout right. and well,
0: she watches a lot of her friends yes. die
1: all of the the rest of the SLA um are in this shootout with the FBI. If you remember um Bill Emily and Patty were in the shootout at a sporting goods store, and that kind of led the FBI back to where the original SLA right. was through a game of I don't know cat and mouse, but um it took them less than twenty four hours right. Unlike the San Francisco. The Bay Area. Yeah, the Bay Area police (laughs) and the FBI couldn't figure it out. But the LAPD was like, we're on it. Right. And they had the SWAT team. There was a big shootout and a fire. And uh, I think it was six members of the SLA died. Yeah, six. And one of which was her lover slash assault Willie right. really right. wolf right. Um, and meanwhile while this whole thing is happening this is like kind of the beginning of broadcast tele- like live television or one of the first big events that leads to its rise and so Emily or, yeah Bill and Emily Harris along with Patty Hearst are in a motel hiding out at Disneyland uh, and watching this whole tragedy tragedy unfold <laughs> on live television which is traumatic. yes yes so, um, let's get into it. As it
0: recollects all of her notes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I had to, like, read through them before
1: you showed up, because I was like, I had, I was really in it when we <laughs> recorded the first episode. Be
0: proud of me. She was given, like, a necklace or something From in Willy. the last episode. And that was a what?
1: An Olmec monkey. Right. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And she had it around her neck. There or... was
0: one thing I was supposed to remember. That and was it. it. You
1: did remember Killing that. it. Wow, look at that. <laughs> I, I listen,
0: I, for anyone curious, this holiday season.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm out there. Uh, <laughs> okay, so the aftermath, and of course this perspective comes from Bill Harris, mm, mm-hmm. uh, who's interviewed in the docuseries that served as my primary source, and he said that Patty wants to retaliate immediately. The way that it was described is that Bill and Emily kind of had to talk her down of, oh, like, whoa. we need to get out. Like, we need to stay, we need to live to fight another day right. and get out of town. And so, eventually, I guess they agree. Um, and so, May 27th, which is... Hold, please.
0: I am a little surprised the whole group doesn't just dissolve right then and there.
1: Yes. I mean, um, like,
0: well, okay.
1: So the, We can't
0: do what we wanted to do anymore, yeah. so...
1: So the Mels sporting goods store shooting was May 16th, and then the uh, following search and then fire was in the in the following days. So they uh, lay low for a little bit and then they uh, head down back to Berkeley. On the 27th of May. So they, they give it a second to cool down. Um, and if you'll remember, Bill was pretty adamant in the docuseries that once that fire occurred, the SLA ceased to exist. Mm. Um, and I think that's his like perception his of okay. it. Um, a lot of the people from the outside looking in still call it the SLA, um, but he does
0: not. Are they um, still living off of the money they got from the bank robbery? I think so. Wow, okay,
1: because they stole still like ten grand.
0: yeah, I just yeah. you kind of would think that like as soon as you tried to use any of it, it would get like flagged in the system, like the routing numbers yeah. or something. But it's all
1: cash yeah, so all right. yeah. Um, yeah, so they okay. They end up heading back to Berkeley, and they have an old car. I think it was probably stolen um, because all of the cars that they had had previously were kind of associated with the SLA. Right, not traced back to them. But this old car died um, like basically once they got to Berkeley and ended up kind of puttering out right near one of their friend's houses. Oh, super lucky for them. Yeah,
0: um, by they've this gotten lucky like a couple times, especially in the Bay Area. A lot of times. Yes. Yes.
1: And by this point, the FBI is and the Berkeley PD and like everyone is like searching for Patty Hearst because right. everyone thought she died in the fire and she didn't, and so they're going to all known associates of people that have known the SLA, and so once these three knock on this friend's door, the friends are like. Hella excited to see them, but they're like oh, sure. the FBI just left. <laughs> oh
0: shit! <laughs> yeah. So not only did they land really close to their house, yeah. but just missed the FBI. Mm-hmm. What if they like rocked up and the FBI were still there?
1: I don't know. Well, at this point, I guess um, the friends didn't know who was alive. They knew, mm. that, I guess, uh, the news had been released that six bodies were recovered, but the IDs of the bodies hadn't been released to the public yet. Okay. So they didn't know who was still alive. So they were thrilled at who showed up. I right. Correct, to see who was to there. To see anyone. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so the friends are real homies they feed them they let them crash that night they feed them the next morning they basically give them like any savings that they have to like (laughs) get on their feet Bananas. I'm willing um, to support a
0: friend, but not if that friend needs just a little bit of cash to do terrorism. Yeah. I, that's my money now. Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sorry. This is all tied up and like, right. in, it's not liquid. It takes right three now. days for
0: me to like transfer it over. And then there's mm, like a limit on like how much I can fee. pull out. Yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs>
1: um, and so Emily ends up finding them a house in Oakland and they have to write. How
0: affordable was housing I don't in the seventies? Because there was like, know. and then I was able to, without any worry at all, have another place to live. And it's like, what? I'm what? super
1: unclear about how they're finding these houses because the the second house that ended up getting burned down by the previous like group right. was clearly just like someone else's home that they had just like squatted in.
0: Do you think they squatted in it? Or I, well,
1: the, remember the black man and woman that were right. in it? I think it was their house. It, I think just no one was there. Or something. Oh, interesting! And then the old woman that ratted them out to the FBI was like, right. "That's my like niece or some family member's house." Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, oh. I maybe didn't say that, but that's kind of what she did. Is like okay. that's someone. So that the I house that house. burned down,
0: they just squatted it, but they've been I able to like so. find rentals and stuff.
1: Or. It's- just abandoned properties or, yeah, people that are on vacation. I guess their wish
0: list for locations probably don't include a lot, just, like, a semblance of privacy. Yeah,
1: and we talk a little bit more about that later. Um, But, so, they have to get to Oakland from this place in Berkeley, uh, and they don't have a car, and their friends either can't or won't drive them. And so they have to take public transit to get there. And so... They get this, like, these big tote bags for, or a big tote bag for Patty, and they put all of their guns in the tote bag. Oh, my God. And they just act like she's just been shopping, and it was, like, bananas to think about, but they're, like, yeah.
0: Let's just bring all of these automatic weapons onto this, like, Mm -hmm. regular city bus. Yes,
1: yeah. Uh, And then he, his quote is, we had a unique capacity for survival. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, you did. Or just,
0: like, a lot of luck, a weird amount of financial resources.
1: And, uh crazy capacity for risk-taking.
0: Yes. To, I mean, there's also probably, like, a, a racial element to it, right? Yeah. Like, a white person's not going to be, yeah. you know, it's not like the 1970s were free of police profiling. Yeah, that's by so any real. Means. Yeah. It's just, but still, like, the more I listen to this story, the more I'm like, this could never happen today because no one has access to homes that quickly. No one that's
1: has so real. access to
0: just, like, well... Fortunately, this place was cheap and unrented. Where? Where, where in, where in world? these 50 states is <laughs> Especially that? Especially in thing California. Anymore? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Um, so they end up getting some outside support. This is June 2nd of that same year. So a few days later, there was a rally at Berkeley organized by a woman named Kathy Celaya, who was Angela Atwood, who was one of the members that died in the fire, one of her best friends.
0: Oh, I thought she was like just now back and under. Like no, a no, suit. no, no, no. I was like, Glass Onion. Yeah, much? Glass Onion. Wow. No, no. no. (laughs) No,
1: no, no, no. This is another woman. It was just her best friend. Um, And she, I think, was an actress at the time, something like that. And they're just
0: there to rally support for the SLA, an organization that has killed a superintendent and gotten a shootout in L.A.? Yep. That's okay.
1: Yeah. No, yeah.
0: Okay. Interesting. Uh.
1: So the rally is really like in support of the SLA, but it's also protesting the fact that um they were killed essentially on live television. It was like mm, okay. Yeah. Like I can kind of. That is a little stop rolling the tapes. Right. Hundred percent. Little you know? Hunger
0: Games. Susan Collin action. Yeah. Going like on there? and
1: then you remember that Bill Diaz was so close to the shootout that he almost got right. He got
0: no, whizzed by. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah. So um. I mean, I get it. I get it. Uh, and that's also the time
0: too. It's like that's one of the first times a shootout or anything like that had been broadcast live. live. And so, if you're going to protest it, definitely like the first time it happens is like a really solid yeah. time to be like, "That's not cool." Whoa, Collectively, let's, let's not do that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, the rally is also to encourage the three remaining people to uh, continue fighting because I'm not sure if the okay,
0: and then the rally's bad again. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. Uh,
1: so Bill, Emily, and Patty are like Miss Kathy lady.
0: She gets it.
1: She gets it. Let's see if she can't help us out.
0: <laughs> do you think she has savings and or a car? <laughs>
1: <laughs> the basic necessities. Oh,
0: my God. Uh,
1: so they meet up with her.
0: Uh, she brings... How how do they get a hold of her? I mean, I'm not... Asked, this is not like a legitimate question, but I'm like, do you send a letter? Do you call her from a payphone? I, imagine, I actually don't know how communication happened in I imagine the it's the same
1: way that Bill and Emily and Angela met up with the original SLA where they had like a friend... Or they accidentally met someone in the SLA, and then we're like, "You want to come see m- meet this?" Oh, um, yeah like th-
0: friends were so good at introducing other friends to each other back in the day yeah I think our group does like a nice job yeah. of that but I don't think like it's a lot of groups do easy yeah no. and
1: so uh, I think what they probably did is they asked their friends in Berkeley that I was like that will you will you just let her know right. that like not
0: praising you know. the like crime and domestic terrorism but I am praising the like well my circle's your circle and let's bring our circles yeah, together mi casa that's cool. that's cool. Yeah, that's cool that's <laughs> cool a- and
1: by that I mean your house is now my house
0: your house is my base operations for domestic terrorism <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
1: and you love me and so Kathy Celaya brings her boyfriend Jim Kilgore as well as her sister Josephine Celaya and they meet up talk about like what they kind of need to continue the revolution and they give them money and uh, they gave them money and wanted to support despite threat of getting targeted I don't know what that means, but mm. I'm assuming they're, they wanted to support despite the threat. They're of publicly
0: supporting the SLA, yes. which yeah, it doesn't sound like it's a popular thing to be doing.
1: Yeah, yes. Um, at this point, they're all kind of, I think, getting over some of their trauma—not getting over it, but processing it a bit. Right. And I think the three remaining want to memorialize the ex-SLA members, the ones that had perished. And yeah, this is where Bill, who was interviewed in the docu series, says, "quote The SLA was murdered." And after mm. the fire, the SLA ceased to exist, according to him. And so they wanted... They
0: just are three random people with a tote bag m- of guns, mm-hmm. weird amount of connections, and weird money they stole from a bank a year yeah. ago.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. Totally normal <laughs> American success story. Amazing. And so they
1: wanted to send one last communique to memorialize them. And this is, in truth, the last communique. They don't no. send anymore after this. And they decide... I don't know if they decide or if Patty's like, I'm doing it, but Patty does it, And... I'm gonna replay for you the original communique, the one where she is uh, has just been kidnapped, and then we're gonna p- uh, play it in comparison to this one where she's. Uh, so,
0: which one are we hearing first? Like one of the first ones the where she's kidnapped? One. Yes. Okay.
1: Um,
0: okay. Where she's like, I'm alive?
1: Yes. Mom, dad, I'm okay. Um, I, I had a few scrapes and stuff, but um they've washed them up, and they're getting okay. And I've caught a cold, but they're giving me pills for it, and so uh, I'm not being starved or beaten or... So anyway, there's
0: that. Okay, so that was the first one. That
1: was the first one. And then this is the... The final one. on the information contained with our- Sorry, I need to remember what timestamp it is.
0: <laughs> She's so much better at taking notes than I am. <laughs> yeah,
1: until you get halfway through a story and then stop. and now it's Now it's confusing. Okay, 57...
0: because the fascist pig media has, of course, been painting a typically distorted picture of these beautiful sisters and brothers. Finn Q loved the people with tenderness and respect. He helped me see that it's not how long we live that's important, it's how we live. Jelena was beautiful. She exploded with... Need to find. Uh, that line, it's not how long we live, but how good we live. Like, okay, live, laugh, love, mom.
1: <laughs> it's so. <laughs> like weird, I know at this time it
0: is domestic terrorist Patty Hearst yeah. speaking, um, memorializing her friends who were in a shootout with the FBI. Yeah. But. Uh, hmm.
1: It is strange.
0: Got a lot of pocket wisdom.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm not going to try and scroll through and find the specific place that she talks about Willie Wolf, but I have a quote um, from her talking about Willie Wolf. And so you can hear when she talks about CQ that he, mm-hmm. he's like, that's Donald DeFries, if you don't remember, um, the one black member of the SLA. Uh so she's saying like he was a great man he taught me all of these things and that's kind of how it goes for all of the other ones is that like this is who this person was this is what they taught me this is how i left the relationship um so Willie Wolf's codename was Cujo. And so she says, Cujo was the gentlest, most beautiful man I've ever known. We loved each other so much. Neither Cujo or I ever loved an individual the way we loved each other. Probably because our relationship wasn't based on bourgeois, fucked up values, attitudes, and goals.
0: Okay. Whether or not she believes this ideology, she adopted their language very quickly. And
1: this is another quote. This isn't specifically about Cujo, but it says, I died in that fire on 54th Street, but out of the ashes I was reborn. I know what I have to do. While I've never had a death wish, I've never been afraid of death. For this reason, the brainwashed duress theory of the pig hearsts has always amused me, and I would never choose to live the rest of my life surrounded by pigs like the hearsts.
0: <laughs> it's just <sighs> Yeah. There's an element to me, and I don't know I don't know if this is I don't know if this is appropriate. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to intentionally be like salacious here. Yeah. but it just sounds like a young person who's experiencing big thoughts as their, like, view of the world comes together. And it's like, everything is bad before one thing is good, you know? And it just feels, and that's like a crucial stage of, like, the brain development, right? I mean, your frontal cortex isn't even all there until you're, what, like, 26, 27, 28?
1: And you also have to remember the state of mind that she was in right before she was kidnapped. She was like... She claims later that she was depressed. She was, like, unhappy because theoretically her parents weren't happy with her moving in with her fiancé. And so now she's like, well, yeah, society is out to get me.
0: Right, 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 right.
1: And so, like, yeah.
0: She's had a lot, a lot of big life events happen to her when she was 19. Mm -hmm. And as a person who didn't and won't experience something like that, I mean, the series of events that she experienced, I obviously am not positioned to, like, accurately assess her decisions but part of me is just like it feels i don't know like a a young person who's lost and are trying to figure out where they are and i think i would feel differently too if the answer that this young person hadn't come to was violence
1: literally violence she
0: joined an organization that assassinated a superintendent over a um policy decision
1: yeah and then like threatened violence on
0: a bunch of other yeah, people bunch of other people committed a bank robbery and terrified mm-hmm. a bunch of people there too you know like just yeah. absolutely something beautiful and shot
1: out like a completely innocent group of individuals at a sporting goods store right
0: like, exactly there's i mean so, it's something beautiful about like self-discovery and your yeah. like late teens early 20s as you figure out what what kind of principles you hold it's a totally different thing when you are terrorizing people around you
1: it is crazy also to think that this communique came out june 7th the the death of her fallen comrades was the beginning of may she was kidnapped at the beginning of february yeah so that's like not many months at all that's like what four months i think so yeah
0: so it's a radical transformation that's a
1: lot uh, to happen in such a short amount of time and then but it's
0: also like five percent of her life which is a crazy thing yeah. too i didn't don't did i do that math right no, it's like 2.5% of her life. But still, it's like a whole ass percentage of her life that's yeah. happening to her right now, you know? Yes,
1: I think the thing that really gets me about this story is that we are nowhere near the end. How? Of, I mean, we're like kind of near the end of like a lot of the juicy stuff, right? Sure. But she stays in this radicalized state for like another year.
0: Oh, Yeah. okay. I'm curious too, how does someone walk back from a ledge like that? How does someone I, say that the about her parents how does she declare that as like her point of view and her like understanding of the world and then how do you
1: then pretend that that wasn't you
0: maybe not even pretend but then how do you let that go and go back to like i had the other thought the other day where it's like oh man i really wish i was meditating more like i was in 2020 and 2021 uh and i'm like sad that i let that go but that's so soft
1: throw your yoga app into the sea (laughs) Of fire?
0: (laughs) The bourgeoisie Orange Theory members are... No, 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 no. no. Okay, so she releases this communique, and what happens?
1: That's kind of it. Like, there is a lot of time now that happens before there's any big movement from what people would consider the SLA. Okay. So this is what... This section I kind of titled The Escape. So Kathy Salaya hooked bill emily and patty up with a friend that she has who lives in new york and his name is jack scott and jack scott is an is an author and has mentioned previously to whoever that he wants to write a story about the sla about what's going on about what's happening and so he comes to berkeley uh to meet with bill emily and patty after kathy says that she can introduce them as possibly like an escape for a little bit at the very least and uh, they don't interview Jack in the docuseries. They do interview his wife, um, Mickey. And so I guess what happened is that Jack was like, I want to write this book. And the group was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't do us any good. We got to get out of here. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> um, and so he kind of says, I don't know if that's exactly how they played it or if they kind of held the cards closer to their chest or if Jack maybe was like, yeah, you're right. I'll back off for a little bit. But the the conversation of the book kind of, uh, dies down until they make it to their next location, which is a farmhouse that Mickey ends up finding for them or that they the family had or whatever. Yeah, dude, I don't I don't know.
0: All the housing was just so available in the nineteen seventies apparently. I, like
1: I don't want to be in the seventies. I but,
0: know, but love, I mean, love some of that housing stuff.
1: Love some of oh that housing stuff. Yeah. God. And so uh so yeah, Jack and Mickey agree like we'll get you out of here. We'll find a place for you in the East Coast. Um I think it's clear to both of them. I think they're both slightly older than the rest at this time, but okay. they're it's clear to Mickey. She's like they were clearly traumatized. Like they mm. were not okay. Right. And like super fucking fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Right. Yeah. Um so Jack says, "Yeah, you can come, but you can't bring any guns because I'm not
0: putting mm. my family at
1: risk like sure. that." And apparently this was a big sticking point, but the, this group has no ground to stand on. Sure.
0: like They're they're they, desperate. It's their only way. They need lifeline. to get out
1: of here. Like You can say, I'm not doing this unless you let me bring my guns, but like you're going to do it, right? Right, push comes um, to shove. It's yes. like, okay. And so they escape to the East Coast, and the whole crew kind of decides that it doesn't make sense for all of them to escape there together, regardless of if they're traveling with other people. Everyone is looking for groups of three traveling at this right. point. And so Patty... They're going to go and get them all separately, Okay. the three of them. So the first one to go to the East Coast is Patty, and she goes with Jack and Jack's parents, uh, and they're going to road trip back.
0: And Jack's parents are cool with all of this? Yes. Oh, okay. Right? Some really cool and supportive parents. Yeah. Uh,
1: and so right before they get on the highway, Jack's dad pulls over and tells Patty, look, you can just go home. Like, There is no one here right now that is forcing you to do anything. I'm not forcing you to do anything. I can take you back to your family. I can take you anywhere you want to go. Just say the word. And Patty looks him dead in the face and says, get back on the fucking road and start driving.
0: Oh, so super gracious.
1: Super gracious. Super gracious. Super chill. Okay. Yeah, definitely traumatized. Uh, yeah. 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 But like... She's very much like, no, I'm not fucking interested in not being a part of this. Like, I'm in right, this now. Right, 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 Yeah, so, and then after uh, Patty gets to the East Coast, she's kind of under the care of Jack's wife, Mickey, and so Mickey has some tales about what it was like kind of taking care of Patty in this time, and Jack goes back and gets Bill, and then one of their other friends goes back to get Emily, and they stay at a rented farmhouse near Scranton, Pennsylvania, and basically this entire time was them like going through therapy together I guess Yeah. Uh, they have a lot of room to like roam and walk freely and And like think and talk and cook meals together and um, at this point Jack also helps another person her name is Wendy Yoshimura escape the Bay Area she was the girlfriend of a bomber okay yeah uh, it's a
0: crazy time in California. Yeah, so she's
1: also on the run because she's technically an accomplice. Right. And so Jack's like, I already got these guys up here. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Just yeah. come on There's down. There's a great place
0: in Scranton, Pennsylvania for yeah. just this type of person.
1: Yes. And um, the San Francisco PD. It's
0: Meredith from The Office. <laughs> Creed from The Office.
1: <laughs> if I can't scuba, what's this all been about?
0: <laughs> Committed some war crimes in Vietnam. Last year, not during the war. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love Creed Brides It's a well-timed
0: so joke, not laughing at work. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> so the San Francisco PD has no idea where Wendy is, but they're on the hunt for her. And they eventually do get a lead um, out of New Jersey that Wendy Yoshimura might have ended up somewhere on the East Coast, and that's kind of where that lead dies for a little bit. But so now we're at this farmhouse. Jack is trying to pressure them to write the book. <laughs> Mickey says it's never about the money for him. He wants the importance of getting their story out there. But Jack does use the money as a way to try and convince Bill, Emily, and Patty to do it. Okay. Because they need money. Um, So Patty records a bunch of tapes and does a bunch of writings as a self-proclaimed revolutionary. These are some quotes from those writings and tapes. Uh, Quote, as a woman, our primary focus was on becoming strong female gorillas gorillas as in surprise attack, not gorillas as in the apes. (laughs) Which is apparently
0: something we have had to clarify for the last couple episodes.
1: (laughs) When I was was at the Friendsgiving, uh, Kelsey's husband was like, thank you for asking about (laughs) if it was an
0: actual gorilla. How the fuck are people thinking the British were training apes or primates to drop into Berlin? I don't know, but you just said
1: there was no context. I don't know.
0: Uh (laughs) I've been talking about soldiers for like an entire hour. (laughs) I'm glad that it's a fun little bit that we have. I thought I was clear,
1: and I thought I was clear when I said guerrilla theater, and you also thought it was apes, so you can fuck right off.
0: <laughs> but like ape theater, that's kind of funny.
1: Apes attacking people in <laughs> silence. Gorillas in the
0: dead attacking of night. Adolf Hitler yeah, is actually a really it's funny. It's really fucking idea funny to come up with. That is fair.
1: <laughs> okay, so here's another quote: "We fully realize we cannot win a revolutionary war without armed struggle." Which, like. Yes, but no. You know, like, okay. Uh, In the end, Bill didn't like what they created. I don't know if Bill's alone in that thought or if they all kind of agree with that, but he said it it sounded kind of hokey.
0: When you see it all laid out in front of you, you're like, oh, this is embarrassing.
1: That might be your red flag to stop. Okay.
0: (laughs) Uh,
1: uh, Like, out of all of the red flags that have happened.
0: If I can interrupt for the hundredth time on this page alone... Uh, the fact that we have people listening that aren't just Casey and my mom is like such <laughs> is a huge crazy. win. But also yeah. when we first published, I looked at you and I said, hey, if no one listens, no one's going to know but us. You know, yeah, that, like true. we're going to put all these ideas and thoughts and In words here, out there. That's and I think
1: what Patty did. Yeah, 100 yeah. percent.
0: Patty is like, everyone's going to want to hear this. And then they look at and they're like. Eh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and when I see that, I just delete it from the episode. <laughs> um so they end up destroying the tapes, and they never give Jack the manuscript, which kind of okay. pisses him off at yeah, this point. Yeah, for all um, the shit he
0: done, yeah. I would be like 911, hello, You're America's <laughs> most wanted. I have a lead for you. Here's
1: the thing. Uh, so Jack ends up getting mad, and the tensions rise until the group ends up deciding on leaving, along with Wendy. Wendy's, like, part of the crew now. Apparently, she gets along really well with Patty, specifically. Interesting. Yeah, so um, Jack is, like, I'm not fucking helping you get back to California now. uh, But he does... I've done
0: three cross-country trips to get you here. Yeah, the
1: weird part, and I'm not sure what the background is on this. They don't really go into it, and Bill doesn't mention it. I don't know if there's a reason for that. But Jack kind of says, like... I'm not helping any of you get anywhere, but I will help Patty get as far as Las Vegas. What? I know! I know! I'm not helping
0: anyone get anywhere, but the one who gave me the most material before it got destroyed, I'll drive her across the country.
1: Only part of the way, though. Like, 90% of the way.
0: Only 90%. Only until I'm in Western time zone, then I don't want to do it. Then I don't want to do it. it. Yeah, like, what
1: the fuck? It was such a weird...
0: Like hair to, like, yeah. cut, like what is it? Split. Split, hair to split. yeah. Yes,
1: right. um, apparently there was another, like, almost catastrophe here where they're driving back, um, or they're driving to Las Vegas, and they get pulled over for speeding, and Patty's disguised as, like, a pregnant woman, as, like, Jack's pregnant wife. Uh, Jack gets out of the car, which, white white privilege, immediately. Right. Um. Jack gets out of the car and starts talking with the state trooper about a recent football game, and uh, the state trooper never even sees Patty. I just have actually.
0: I have gotten out of a speeding ticket by
1: talking about football. By
0: talking about Nebraska football, yeah, hundred percent. I have. We were driving all back right. from uh, the Purdue game in Indiana, yeah. and when we crossed the border, going too fast, <laughs> uh, we get pulled over by a sheriff and comes to the window, and all four of us in the car are like wearing our Nebraska shirt, and he asks us how the game was, what the stadium was like, and how the opposing fans were, and then we were like, yeah, you know, blah, 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 good, 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 and yeah, we yeah, we were going fast. We're just we have class tomorrow, and we're still yeah. trying to like get home. And he was like, y'all be safe out there. Drive a little bit slower. And just like, let us go. Didn't give us a single piece of paper. That's so nice. Nebraska has some things going for it. If you are a white I was- man who can process dairy. <laughs> That's so real. <laughs>
1: um, when I was, I don't know if I've told you this story. When I was in at mines in Golden one night, I was driving home super late. Uh, and I got pulled over and I was like, oh. What did I do? Like, I don't think I was speeding. It turned out, like, my headlights weren't on. Mm. And so it was fine. But there was, like, two cops. And so, obviously, one of them was doing, like, the check just to make sure that I don't have any, like, contraband in the car. <laughs> and I was wearing really tight pants that day. Hot. And so I was sitting <laughs> in the car. And as I was, like, driving home, I had unbuttoned my pants.
0: <laughs> and so
1: <laughs> the, the guy was, like... <laughs> He was, like, trying to, like, assess if I was drunk. I wasn't. But he was, like, do you always drive like this? And I was, like, oh, no. I was just, like, really uncomfortable. And he was, like, like kind of, like, laughed and was, like, okay, just be safe next time. Turn your headlights off. <laughs> I was, like, this is more humiliating than getting a ticket, Let I think. me
0: Let me reassure you. Mm-hmm. You, Maya, and about 82% of our listeners <laughs> who are my age or younger, um, when we were in California for wine vacation this summer, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say any names because you've heard almost all of them on the podcast by now, and this is a somewhat embarrassing story, but when me <laughs> and several friends were in wine country this summer, we had a beautiful day, perfect day, really, yeah. and we get dinner, and then we all essentially waddle to the car because yeah, we're do. all 30 plus. We all agree that we're as we get, in, pants. we're going to unbutton our pants collectively. And like everyone kind of like leads. Yeah, back you got to do at it. The same yeah. time. And um, have just such a pleasant drive home that we all forgot our pants are unbuttoned by the time we get back to the Airbnb. <laughs> so comfortable, though. Oh my gosh. So, that's friendship. Just so much wine and sugar and then so much great and amazing food. Yeah, and no need- 100%. Yeah. We had a sober driver. I want to make sure that's clear, too. Enjoy wine country, but always enjoy it responsibly. With we had a sober driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah who I think also unbuttoned his pants cause he'd eat a lot at dinner, but
1: I mean, I would too. Yeah. It was sure. a fan.
0: And it was a moment too, where it was like, wow, we, our lives are stable enough to vacation in a place like this. And this friend group is stable enough. <laughs> where for we us can us all un- unbutton our, our, pants. our pants around each other. Yes. Oh, I love that.
1: Um, yeah. So Jack and Patty got pulled over. They end up not getting a ticket. Jack drops her oh, off. Oh right. Patty hurts. Yes. <laughs> in Las Vegas. And so she's kind of like chilling out a motel there. Sure. Uh, Jim Kilgore, who is Kathy Salaya's boyfriend, ends up coming to pick her up um, after she's been in Vegas for two days, again alone. Like, if I'm not trying to make the point that she like never had the opportunity to escape, but I am making the point that she did have the opportunity to escape, and whatever mental game is happening with her,
0: whatever calculation she's making,
1: yeah, like- it's the escape is not on her radar. Gotcha. Um, and then Bill and Emily end up taking the train all the way back to Sacramento. I'm not sure what Wendy ends up doing. She might've gone with them. But. Okay.
0: So Patty is fully on her own and she's with a uh, boyfriend of a friend yes. who supports the SLA.
1: Yes. Okay. Um, and so this kind of starts the new phase of what was the SLA, the new okay. team. And so the new team, apparently they'd been doing some stuff. I don't know if it was much, um, while they were all gone, but it was Kathy Salaya, Steve Salaya, her brother. Uh, Josephine Celaya, her sister, Jim Kilgore, and a man named Mike Borton. Okay. And this part is kind of funny. Mike Borton is described as a very excitable person.
0: I've been called that before.
1: Also, not great when it's in reference to a terrorist group.
0: <laughs> oh, also super true. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes! So there's only one OG member left, and it's Patty Hurst.
1: Patty, Jim, and Emily. Oh, Patty so it's a group of and eight
0: now. Yes. So the numbers have really rebounded yeah. again. Yeah,
1: and then Wendy but I also thought, joins.
0: Quote: The SLA was done by this point.
1: They don't call it the SLA, but it is. It's the SLA. Okay. Yeah. Um they still are doing trying to find revolutionary acts to to kind but of right do, now it
0: just sounds like a social club because they're one uh, revolutionary oh, okay.
1: Uh, so they're all set up in Sacramento. These guys are all together. And this is a quote from Bill. The, Bill and Mike Borton are the only two members that are interviewed in the series.
0: Mike Borton's the excitable one. The
1: excitable one. Okay. And he looks like the excitable okay. one. Okay. He's like kind of a wiry dude. He's like maybe in his like 50s, 60s I now. I public school.
0: I can envision yeah, Mike has, Borton as a young man.
1: Yeah, he has like a kind of yep. wiry face. hair. that hair. looks like he got
0: electrocuted. Yeah, and yes. also
1: never been brushed. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is... Bill's quote says Mike Borton was a bit of a wild man The Mm. first time I met Mike he talked About wanting to do an operation while on LSD
0: like he's on LSD and he's like, in the future we should do an operation or he was like, we should do an operation and be doing LSD as we do yes. that operation. Okay, the second one?
1: Either one. Oh, okay. He just wanted to do LSD while <laughs> What if we did drugs an and crime?
0: Crime and drugs. Drugs and crime. Okay. No wonder Reagan <laughs> got elected. <laughs>
1: Honestly, yeah. Uh, and then that quote is immediately cut to Mike Borton. Oh, nice. Which is okay. just, I don't know if I was maybe a little high while I was mm. watching it, but that transition, fucking hysterical Perfect because then transition. you see mike borton and you're like oh yeah (laughs) nice (laughs) that's exactly who i picked that. and mike borton's quote uh (laughs) i don't know if this is the first quote he said but i had nothing to do with patty hearst being kidnapped although it may be one of the few things i wouldn't mind taking credit for
0: mike borton's like i'm i'm showing up on the scene like six months later I think it was a crackerjack job. <laughs> I think they did a great job. And I, too, would have loved to beat the crap out of her fiance. Yeah. It's wild when you think of these, like, crazy yeah. characters. And then you cross the plane into the, like, terrible things they did. Yeah. And it's just this awful but an interesting juxtaposition between the two. All right. Mike here's, Borton.
1: Yeah, here's kind of a fun fact. I didn't go into the kind of the nitty-gritty of the kidnapping, um, but... Uh, I did mention that Steve Weed got kind of, like, brutally Steve beaten. Right.
0: Steve <laughs> Right. There's been a lot of names. Yeah,
1: Steve Weed. Oh, God. Uh, but <laughs> he, he ended up being in the hospital for a week after, right? Oof. And uh, he was pretty brutally beaten up, but... From his perspective, they kind of show the kidnapping from both his and the SLA's perspective. And from his perspective, he was like, yeah, they kept fucking kicking me in the face, man. Like, why were you kicking me in the face? And then Bill was like, yeah, because Donald DeFreeze kept telling him to not look at us because we're kidnapping him. And he just had some instinct to keep looking at us. And so Donald was like kicking him in the face. because He kept looking. And so it's like this very strange dichotomy of like, don't kick him in the face. But also like, it's crazy that... Steve didn't even process that or recognize that because he was so like panic sure, course, that he doesn't remember.
0: Also, don't justify it. well, of course we had to you- kick him in the yeah. face. That's a dirtbag that thing to say. That is a dirtbag
1: thing to say but it is like very interesting. There is a whole other thing where Steve remembers um, trying to run out of the apartment to get help mm. and Bill remembers that by the time he had been knocked out at some point um, because he had, he tried to run he got knocked out he was on the ground. By the time he came to and actually ran out of the apartment the SLA was gone. Along with Patty, oh, shit. which is like sad
0: and terrifying and
1: terrifying that like your, your memory of events in those kinds of situations right, can be that far off. and just yeah. your
0: brain is absolutely trying to defend itself.
1: Yeah. Which is nuts, but isn't, Whoa. and then Mike Borton's like, I'll, I did that.
0: I wish I was there. I wish
1: I was there.
0: <laughs> oh, ooh, what a complicated man. I- and yes. that's kind of a bandwagon guy, if I can be completely honest.
1: A bandwagon guy, and I, I like him at the beginning, and I like him less and less as mm. I see more of okay. what he has to say. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, this is... Oh, so the new members don't necessarily agree with the previous group's methodology, um, but they kind of agree to hiding them, because this new group is associated with the SLA, but not, like, really. And so they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll hide you. I think they're doing, like... Um, I think two of them are maybe house painters, and so they're making money, not okay. just robbing banks. Okay. Um, not a lot of money, but some a money. A steady
0: form of income and in Yeah, because way. Mike
1: recalls that um, Bill, Emily, and Patty were, quote, being hunted like animals. Right. Because, I mean, that's probably true. Right. Uh, yeah. So, and at this point, need I remind you? So when we meet Patty, she is engaged to Steve Weed. Right. She then gets kidnapped and develops a relationship with Willie Wolf. Right. Willie Wolf dies, she ends up going to the East Coast and comes back and immediately develops a relationship with Steve Celaya.
0: The brother of one of the supporters? Okay.
1: So we're seeing a bit of a Some trend. really
0: intense relationships. Very quickly.
1: Very quickly. Because she was
0: in originally with Steve Weed after like less than a year of dating, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, yeah, like maybe a couple a year? years. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, I think they started dating when she was 16. They moved in right. when they, she was 18. Forgot
0: yeah. that she was a student she when she first started to date her future fiance. Young. Yes. Okay, that's like. Are my bones kind of start to hurt when you start just like relive this like bio, this resume. Because I'm like, that's so much life to live. That's so much in, like life three to live. years. Yeah,
1: this isn't even three years. We're still in 1974.
0: Sure, but I, I was starting yeah. at 16. Oh but yeah. yes, yes, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so her and Steve Saliah develop a relationship, and Steve, out of all of the people that were kind of in this new group, was. Arguably the least radical of okay. all of them. Like he was around, and he was like, he was liberal and open minded, but also like low key. He was like, yeah, I agree, but I'm also not gonna like right. bomb. Anyway, I think the
0: system should be changed, and I don't want to commit murder to do it. Yeah, but yeah. I'll
1: hang out. Sure. Uh, and so, her and Steve Salaya end up living together for a while. And <sighs> yeah, at one point, the new group ends up meeting with a lawyer to discuss how to get these the new or the old group of people to cuba to like really escape the being hunted oh okay and at some point patty it's, a lawyer
0: would know how to do that i don't know okay
1: dude i don't know okay
0: well, <laughs> i know a couple of lawyers about half of them i think could get themselves to cuba i don't know
1: i have a, some lawyer friends i trust them implicitly i don't mm. know that they would be like yeah this is how you get to cuba
0: miami yeah. dade regional airport Key West, and then Boat.
1: Okay, so Grant is the one <laughs> to find. My
0: history education degree has endowed me with, like, a love and internalization of maps.
1: I'm thinking that they were probably asking, like, how do we hide their identities? Sure.
0: I think. Also it's... a great question. Anyway,
1: <laughs> but they're at... I don't know. I don't think they're at Patty's house, but they're somewhere where Patty is, and it's not clear if she's a member of the meeting or she's just in the house, but okay. at some point she's just, like... I'll see you guys later. I'm running to the store. And the lawyer is like in disbelief because he's like, I thought she was brainwashed. Like,
0: Oh, like I thought you were kind of keeping her here, but I yeah, kind of keep an eye yeah, on her. Yeah. Like,
1: and, cause everyone and in the so group. She's
0: like, you want anything? You want anything? Right, you lawyer right friend,
1: do you want pizza? I'm,
0: I'm going to get a 12 pack. Is that okay? Is that, okay with, is that <laughs> about two <laughs> like, for everybody?
1: And the lawyer was like, okay. All oh,
0: right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, Okay, and so Mike remembers Patty saying something like, quote, I just wish. Oh, so at this point, they're all kind of like, they're all radicalized. They're making various plans, but they're all kind of small. And really what's happening is they're all bonding at this point. And so, oh, so cute. And so Mike (laughs) remembers at some point hanging out with Patty. um, She said, quote, I just wish someone would snatch me again and take me to New York. Like, get me out of this shit.
0: Oh, she's in constant turmoil.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because she was just
0: on the East Coast.
1: She was just there. And it seems like she, this, that quote really makes me feel like she realized that once she'd been kidnapped, she didn't have to take a ton of accountability for what was Mm. happening. And so now she's like, I don't want to have to deal with this anymore. I wish someone else would kidnap me and take me somewhere else. Right, 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 right. And that's kind of what that... And also that's Mike's remembrance of the quote, so it could be a little misworded or whatever, but that's how that kind of feels. Um, December, so now we're December 12th. We're like much later in
0: the year. But we're not even up to a year anniversary. No. Okay.
1: Uh, Catherine Hurst, Patty's mother, releases like this creepy-ass, like Christmas message to Patty. Oh. And no. I don't want to say it's creepy, but it's fucking creepy. She looks so robotic and weird. And I don't know if it's the 70s, but if you want to listen to it, I don't know where you can find it because truthfully, I heard it once and I said, mm, no. Never again. Um, and so she, the worst part for me is that she's staring, she's like posed, you know, kind of like sitting, of course, looking directly into the camera, like, Christmas is almost upon us again. Oh, no. And the way that she says again, really just like,
0: it is my pleasure to address the commonwealth as your That's queen. That's really what it felt like.
1: Yeah. <laughs> on us again. What's
0: so funny is I taught the, the kids the word provincial today.
1: <laughs> Beauty and the
0: Beast. And undulate, but mainly oh. provincial.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't want them getting too familiar with undulating. No.
0: <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> uh, but provincial and teaching them how to use it a smidge like an insult. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, provincial.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Uh, my next statement just says weird as shit, and then I left that whole topic to itself.
0: Do you know what's really provincial? What? Nebraska.
1: This town, like always. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: I love how you only know the word provincial through a song from Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, does that surprise you? No, not yeah, at all. Exactly. I'm the okay. one with the humanity. Yeah. <laughs> not at all.
1: I want you guys to know that um, I went to karaoke with Danny and Tyler on Thursday, <laughs> to which Grant said that he couldn't come. And then at 8.04, our reservation for karaoke was started at 8. Uh, Grant said, how was karaoke? In the past tense, how was it? And we were like, oh, We just got here. Anyway, I signed up for karaoke, and Grant showed up uh, immediately after I left, and he had the audacity to be mad at me.
0: Um, Okay, so we need to recap a couple things. First, (laughs) I had had a dinner that started at six, and so I texted you as I got to my car, how was karaoke, Mm -hmm. and you guys were like, "Uh, ma'am, it just started. And then despite being dog tired, (laughs) and having not been home for 14 hours-
1: You didn't have to come! I
0: wasn't trying to ask for credit, just a little bit of credit, okay? (laughs) Okay. Right. I instead drove 10 minutes downtown and then walked in in my absolutely elegant peacoat yeah. and I was like hey T- how's it going and I had just missed you singing Chikatita
1: nope yeah nope
0: was it don't, does your mother know yeah you know that's a duet <laughs> you know that's a duet
1: you weren't there and I didn't know that you were coming, so I don't know what you want And from that's me. what
0: I get for trying to <laughs> surprise them for a thing I told them a week ago I couldn't go to. And yeah. then, I told you I couldn't go. And then so how am I supposed
1: to be like, I can't do that song because Grant might come.
0: Yes, correct. <laughs> Just like that. Just like that. Perfect. You had the words. I didn't even script it out for you.
1: Does your mother and, know? Mm,
0: you're so hot. <laughs> singing podcast. (laughs) So anyway, so like we hang out for a little bit and then Tyler's like, I'm three people away and then Danny's four people away and I'd been there for 40 minutes which was 50 minutes longer than I thought I was going to be out Mm. and I was like, uh, that... I'm not saying. I'm sorry. I'm sure it's gonna be great, but I'm not. I'm not gonna say have fun, and then I'm out. Cause you stay for the song, and then you stay for the other person's song, and then you stay for like the debrief. And there's a certain amount of peer pressure for you now also having to do one. Oh, and so you I was would have like, gotten
1: off so easy before Danny went on. The lady was like, "And the list is closed." Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, and then Danny came off the stage, and we walked immediately out. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think part of that was me getting all of my stuff. (laughs) I like that.
0: You, like, Danny comes off stage and you're holding your purse. And I'm like, yes, we're leaving now, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like when the dogs want to go to bed and we're still recording and they just, like, stare (laughs) at the stairs. Exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Anyway, where were we?
0: She wants to run away from it all.
1: She wants to run away from it all, but not have accountability. That's right. Um, I mean,
0: (laughs) I cannot fault her for that.
1: No, I mean, same, I Listen. Same, I'm. If I could sign up for the witness protection program, would.
0: In January slash maybe early February. I mean that
1: as like a joke, not like I want the trauma of being mm-hmm. in the witness protection program. Anyway. Anyway.
0: I always know I'm kind of going through it when I'm like, "What if I ran away to White Sands for the weekend? What if I got in my car right after work and drove eight hours to Southern New Mexico?" In the
1: grips of a mental health but crisis. But sometimes
0: it really does cure it. It did in 2020. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean that's for big. like a week, but you know, like bandage, yeah, bandage. But short-lived. it was nice, nice, yeah. nice little bump of serotonin. Yeah. And there's like caves down there and stuff. Oh, and a hot springs. Oh I wanna go to hot so springs. So Patty Hurst is trying to get to New York and out of her situation now. Yes. She's officially trying to exit the program.
1: And now we're going to kind of split. We're going to go back to the perspective of the people that are trying to track these people down. Okay. For just a second. Before this group had left the farmhouse, apparently it was like, they've left so many places at this point. It's just part of their like, I don't know, process to kind of spray everything down with, like, Clorox and, okay. like, just make sure there's no fingerprints on anything. They, like, clean house. Like, there is no trace left of them. Sure. No fingerprints that can be found of anything. Um However, Wendy's fingerprints have been found at the farmhouse in Pennsylvania. Okay. We still don't know at this point how the police know that they were at that farmhouse. Sure. Uh, info had been sent to the police from Walter Scott, who is Jack Scott's, quote, very troubled brother. Okay. He was drunk and went to the FBI. Is
0: Jack the one that wants to write the book? Okay, we've gotten a lot of names. So the one who wants to write the book... Jack. ...who sets them up in the farmhouse has a troubled brother.
1: Yes, Walter. Okay. He, w- he had some alcohol issues, I guess. And so he was drunk, went to the FBI, and said, Patty's been in this farmhouse. <sighs> okay. So they check it. There is no fingerprints in the entire house. Every surface has been cleaned. However, and this is... I'm going to tell you what they find, and then I'm going to tell you Bill's recollection of how that happened. Um... And I, I do believe kind of what happened. Uh, when or er, the FBI found Wendy's fingerprints on a newspaper that was underneath and inside of a mattress.
0: Why would you put it there?
1: Here's the thing. This is what Bill remembers of how he thinks the the newspaper got there. Uh, there's a spider in Wendy's bedroom. She flips the fuck out, calls everyone into her room to try and kill the spider. She's, like, tearing sheets off of her bed, everything. They can't find the spider anywhere. And so she, they lift up her mattress, and there's a hole in the bottom of her mattress. And so their only conclusion is that the spider has gone into the hole. So she stuffs that hole with newspapers.
0: Wild.
1: And that is how they find... And they search
0: the entire house and they find that?
1: That's the only thing that they find with evidence.
0: Have you seen this TikTok challenge? And Mm. it's like, you were given a paperclip in 30 minutes. And in 30 minutes, the FBI is going to come and tear your house apart trying to find the paperclip. Where do you hide it?
1: Oh... (laughs)
0: <laughs> new little fun daytime thought <laughs> just dropped for maya she looks like legitimately happy right now which i didn't think was possible during the winter but
1: i do love little puzzles <laughs> i know you do uh,
0: a really common answer on tiktok right now is heat up a candle put it in the wax cool off the candle
1: oh there
0: have been a couple other suggestions too
1: that would be pretty good
0: yeah hmm
1: I have a lot of little thoughts. I can't tell those to hear though.
0: <laughs> My
1: first thought, this might not be a good one, is to rearrange the knives in your little knife thing because they're all kind of sized for the correct knife, right? Right. So if you si- if you put the wrong one in the wrong hole, you'll end up with enough space for a little paper clip.
0: Sure, but wouldn't that be odd and draw the FBI's attention to it?
1: How? It's not going to make the knife stick out weird.
0: You know what I'm doing? Hmm. I am folding it out so it's flat mm. and then putting it into the base stem of some cut flowers. That's pretty good. Thank you, right? That is pretty good. Also from the internet. I cannot take full credit. Mm. But for a second, Maya was proud of me, and I could I'm see it on her face. You. Thank you.
1: I might take it and <laughs> wrap it around like one of my like pictures that has a wire to hang it.
0: Because
1: mm. I could just be there, man. I have a lot of thoughts. Okay, anyway. <laughs> we'll come back to that they later. They find her yes. fingerprints
0: on some of the newspaper. Yes.
1: And this ties... They knew that Wendy was like kind of missing maybe on the East Coast. They did not know that Wendy had been associated with Patty. So this is the tie that ties Wendy now to Patty. Because the brother had been like, Patty's at this farmhouse. Wendy's fingerprints are at the farmhouse. Uh, And so the reason Wendy is kind of uh, on the run is because of her ex-boyfriend. I'm not sure if they're still dating by this point. His name is Willie Brandt. Uh, Willie was in prison and Wendy had gone to visit him, as had the Celayas. Like her new friends. Oh
0: sure, and it's a record of that.
1: Yep, so now mm. the police can tell that the Celayas are also tied into this. They're building out a web. Yep, and the Celayas, if you if you remember, still have jobs. Right. Like outside. And some
0: of them were kind of popular on Berkeley for being really vocal supporters of the SLA. Yep. Like not at all DL supporters of them.
1: Yep. Okay. Um, so at this point, uh, Jack and Mickey Scott, so Jack is the one with, that wanted the book, Mickey is uh, his wife, uh, are now known to have helped these, these people. And so, but they go public and say, we're not helping the FBI track them down. Like we helped them kind of get over their trauma. We sure we harbored them for a little bit. We're not doing anything past that. Sure. Uh, and so others that were now associated with these people were doing the same thing, coming out saying, like, yeah, fuck no, we're not helping you. Right. Um, because they do have kind of the public support at this point because the the public is so radicalized, especially in California. And so David Weir.
0: Who's we? Sorry, who's we in that statement? The SLA or law enforcement? What did I say? You <laughs> said, uh, like, they're so radical. Like, they do have the, su- they have the support of the public. Mm. The SLA does, or law enforcement does? The SLA. The public supports the SLA during the this time? The radical
1: public, yeah. The people, like, the, the protesters at Berkeley. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. the
0: radical core yeah. of leading some of these movements. M- they most are, of the young people. They are people. publicly supporting yes. the SLA. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Again, crazy, but all right. Yeah, I know absolutely. that makes me sound like someone's dad, but... I mean,
1: you have to remember, this is a time of cults, and, like, this is around sure. the time of the Manson murders, and, like, all this shit. Like, crazy fucking shit is right. going down in California. Um... So, David Weir, I believe, is a journalist. Uh, Oh, he's from the Rolling Stone. Yeah, that's (laughs) right. Uh, Tracks uh, Jack and Mickey Scott down and is like, I know you said you won't talk. Mm. I'm with the Rolling Stone. And they talk talk. to us. Yeah. And his (laughs) quote is like so fucking bullshit, but also fucking hilarious. (laughs) I wish I had this confidence. He's like, Everyone wants to be in the Rolling Stone one (laughs) way or another. And I was like, I I think that's
0: still pretty true. I mean, fair. Yeah. I mean, fair. Absolutely (laughs) fair.
1: And so. By the time he publishes this article about uh, the SLA, he has 33 sources. And Jack and Mickey Scott, or Jack Scott, is the primary source. And a lot of this probably comes from some sense of resentment.
0: Right. He's like, I did all these things for you and you couldn't even let me write a book about you?
1: <laughs> you couldn't even give me the hokey-ass tapes? It was
0: clearly <laughs> transactional and you canceled the transaction? Bullshit! <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, and so Jack and Mickey Scott, because of this article in The Rolling Stone and because being publicly associated with them, end up getting a dinner set up with Randolph Hearst. Oh. Yeah. Through Scott, through their lawyer. And so they... And that's her dad, right? Yeah. Not
0: grandpa, but dad? The okay. dad,
1: yeah. And so he... They sit down with him. They're like, okay, what? And he, they say, or Mickey at least, says he was accepting of her having joined the group. He said that she was always rebellious and it didn't surprise him. I don't know if that means accepting or like...
0: Made peace. Yeah, like, this makes sense. Right.
1: Um, I think at this point we're probably around a year. Okay. Of being gone, of her being gone. And then he, when asked about his wife taking the regent's position, he said basically, yeah, I was mad about that too. Um, I'm gonna get rid of the. (laughs) I'm gonna get rid of the bitches when the year is over or when this is over.
0: As in his wife? Yeah. I'm gonna divorce her once this is done.
1: But the word play was the misses, but he called her the bitches, and I thought that was.
0: Oh. Okay. (laughs) Healthy marriage can't understand why Patty would run away from that.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean,
0: obviously, divorce does not equal domestic terrorism. No. Yeah. But it doesn't sound it was like. um, It seems like they're
1: the this. This has caused a lot of turmoil in their household, and yeah. so they don't want any more negative press. And so they're—I think—at this point, they might already be separated, um, but they don't want the publicity gotcha. of that for more people to then be like, sure. "Well, Patty had a reason; she right. had a horrible home." That, right. You know, like
0: I did surge directly into one of our lights there I've a done second that ago. Times, yeah. Okay, I was like, "Oh, okay," and now I'm blind now. So <laughs> I'm here. Times. I'm still here, y'all. Hi, hello.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't have a ceiling light, so
0: <laughs>
1: um, at this point. They're running out of money.
0: Oh, no. And so what do you think they do, They Do they rob another bank? Yeah, they rob another no. bank. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's another <laughs> really big crime. That's another really big crime. And
1: I am going to warn you, I mentioned that there are two deaths. This is... The second this, one. This is going to be the second one. Okay. Um, and it is... It's a little sad. Uh, but... Before we get into that, we're going to talk about some of the setup. This is a quote from Mike. This is how you you really see that he is um, maybe not well. Uh, But he says, really, no one wanted to be involved in crime. We wanted to be involved in political activities. And all of a sudden, everything being done is criminal shit.
0: Oh, he's like, I thought we were going to blow up the U.S. Capitol. But on LSD. Oh, Right. (laughs) I thought I was going to blow up the uh, the U.S. Capitol and look at all the pretty colors. But instead, we're just committing like traumatizing petty crime at the local level.
1: Bullshit. (sighs) Yeah. And so they need money. They realize they're going to rob another bank. I don't know if realize is the right word, but um, they decide to find a bank with no security systems. this time. They don't need to be making a statement. They're just trying to get in, get out, get some money so they pick crocker national bank in carmichael california and this is april 12th 1985 so now we are 1975 sorry um so this is officially a full year okay more than a full year um 14 months in yes this is another quote from mike they're talking about kind of the setup and who is going to be on the outside um patty is going to be one of the getaway drivers as well as bill i think i don't remember who else um it's important that patty is outside Um, Mike said, well, naturally, I should be the leader because I was cool as a cucumber. But no, (laughs) we have to have the woman doing it. We have to make a statement. Fuck that. Emily's never been in a bank before. In the bank before. Um,
0: Okay. What a weird statement to make.
1: You'll see why he made that in a bit. But that quote came before you find out about any of the rest of it and you're like uh, okay what also still weird even with the context right he's saying like of course a woman's gotta be doing it right like
0: this revolution had to push boundaries and it's like by the known feminists i mean like radical feminists i'm just like if you don't want to be committing crime and you do want to be doing revolution i I know you're not supposed to try to make stuff like this make sense but it just it doesn't make it sense. doesn't stand yeah. up to anything
1: yeah so there's a lot of discourse about who should lead of course now everyone wants to be going into the bank and they end up settling on Jim, Mike, Emily and Kathy so mostly all new members except for Emily who's gonna be leading it for some reason okay um this is where we meet Myrna Opsal she is our victim I'm warning you now uh One of the members of this team that goes in even holds the door for Myrna uh, as they're, like, walking in. Myrna is a church clerk who would count the Sunday offerings and take them to the bank every Monday morning. Myrna had a large, old-style calculator, and once the robbery began, she wanted to put it down. And Emily accidentally left the safety off of her gun, and when she's threatening Myrna, shoots Myrna. So it was, it was unintentional. It did come from a place of panic, but it is horrible. She,
0: she kills a community member. She
1: kills a community who member. Who is trying
0: to live through the experience and comply.
1: Yes, exactly. Uh,
0: Which that's what, I mean, that's what your whole ethos is. Like, you're, like, even the villains in these people's minds, like, have, like, families and people they're connected to and loved ones. Like, I think back to the superintendent, they... Fucking murdered. Yeah. And it's like, that was a dedicated person. Obviously I'm a teacher. So I think that still like rings like sensitive to me, but it's like, it's a person who dedicated their life to trying to better the situation for the same group of people you have pretended to be the unelected advocate for. Yeah. Um, And the, the, the only people they're hurting, the only people who end up hurt at all, are people community. completely detached from yeah. any of the sources that they're angry All about?
1: All Ronald Reagan is doing is sitting and shitting on them exactly. on TV. Like, he's not doing anything.
0: They're empowering the politicians. Yeah. They have done, like, kind of nothing to hurt the Hearst family. Yeah. They have taken out literally zero law enforcement or FBI agents or anything like that. Exactly. Honestly, if anything, you've diverted the Bay Area Police Department from catching... Like, the what, zebra killers. Yeah, the serial killers that are going on. And now you have murdered a second person. Yep. That is...
1: And it's, it's hard to watch this part because, obviously, Myrna's not alive anymore, but they do interview her son, who becomes kind of a big advocate for getting justice for her. Yeah. Um, but he talks about, like, one of his last interactions with her. He's talking about how he, like, was mad at her because there weren't enough pens in the house, and mm-hmm. she was like, I'll make sure to get pens. And so he's like, it's very hard to kind of watch his recollection of events. Sure. Um, and this bank robbery. The witnesses have very different testimonials from it as the first, uh, the Hibernia bank robbery. If you'll remember, those people were like, yeah, they had guns and you could tell they were like willing to use them, but like no one got hurt. Right. They got terrified. And then that was essentially it. Uh, Like the security guard kind of got demobilized as far as I know, like obviously I might be wrong, but in this case, some of, they also interview a teller, I think at this bank and um, the witnesses say they were yelling, screaming, cussing, pistol whipping. Someone beat up a pregnant woman who ended oh up God. losing their the baby. Oh my um, from this, from either stress or from being beaten up. Yeah, the assault. Yeah, um, Myrna ends up dying. Uh, be- I, just because of the wounds, like. Does
0: she die at the bank or on her way to the hospital, or?
1: It's unclear. The, the oh, really what a terrifying way. The to go. really heartbreaking part about this is her husband is a surgeon, and her husband is the one that receives her in the ER, and he essentially has to be like pulled off of her um, once everyone else realizes that she's passed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, um, this is clear, this is going to be, like, probably the saddest part of is this the, the story. Is
0: this the big fuck-up that finally gets them? No. Okay.
1: <laughs> there are some other fuck-ups. No one gets seriously hurt. I okay. Think, yeah. Um, but it's clear in the interviews, um, with Bill and Mike that this, I mean, this doesn't solve anything, this doesn't make anything better, but it's clear that this Incident really still haunts Bill, especially. He's not even in the bank. Um, And you can tell there is an effect on Mike. Um, He's a lot harder to read. I'm not going to lie to you. So it's kind of hard to see. Um, Bill... He's, like, pretty well-spoken throughout the whole thing, but there's a few moments where he gets, like, riled up a little bit where you can tell that either he doesn't want to answer something the interviewer has asked or, like, he's actually, like, emotional about it. And this is one of those moments where you can tell that he's emotional about it. And he says, we've all lived with the death of Myrna Opsal. It being an accident doesn't change anything. It made us all amazingly introspective. And then this is the part that kind of, like, I don't know, uh, dissuade or. Takes away from everything he just said. All of the, like, things that you're like, oh, yeah.
0: Like remorse. Yeah,
1: remorse. It made us all amazingly introspective, but we all came to the same conclusion we had to carry on.
0: No, you don't. You literally don't. You've accomplished nothing. You've hurt a lot of people. Many of the people you love the most have been killed Mm -hmm. down in L.A. You absolutely do not need to carry on. You don't need to do
1: this. You've now, like, ruined a family.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A couple.
1: Yeah, a couple. Yeah. Um, the important part about the Carmichael bank robbery, this is another thing that kind of gets lost in the media with all of the story of Patty Hearst. Um, Patty was driving the getaway car. Right. And while this does not mean that she was directly involved in the murder of Myrna Opsal, um, by law, anyone who is a participant in a felony and there is a murder involved is also a participant in that murder. Right. So she is now legally liable. For murder. Yeah. Whether or not she's there of her own accord, she is liable. And, like, there is, there are going to be arguments about that when we get to, like, trial and everything. But you have to remember that she was there. She...
0: Helped them get away. She She helped helped them them evade justice.
1: And in any other situation, like, if I were driving that car, I wouldn't... Like, imagine you're sitting in a car with your friends. Something horrible happens. And, like, maybe you didn't really know. You didn't fully process what's going on. But someone dies. Like, even if you morally feel like you have no... uh, I don't know. You don't need to hold that weight on your shoulders. You do. Because you were there. And
0: also, like... What's important to remember about that example too is she was there to help out with a bank robbery.
1: Yes. It's, it's not like she came there just right. on it, a Sunday. It
0: wasn't like you were texting and shouldn't have been and you hit someone, but that like violence was never your intention. It was like a byproduct of your own actions. You go in knowing there's a certain amount of violence we're going to have to commit to get what I want. Something that I have no legal or like moral claim to at all whatsoever. And she
1: remembers she was in the bank the first time. She yeah. knows what it was like. The witnesses said she had a gun. She looked like she knew how to use it.
0: Right. And that that fear and intimidation is important to bullying that off.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, And so that's the Carmichael Bank robbery, and it will become kind of a big part coming up when we get to the trial. And then this is kind of the last part of where the new group of SLA, or whatever you want to call them, goes. They do eventually move back to San Francisco. Their political activism takes the form of... Bombings. Mm. Yep. And that's really it. They don't really do anything else other than bombings.
0: How many bombings do they do?
1: Uh, we'll talk about it. I'm not really okay. sure. Uh, a lot of them aren't super successful, which mm.
0: is really funny. Um, I mean, it took the Unabomber, like, seven tries to get it And this was before the Unabomber, right. so, like, yeah, yikes. hasn't been a lot of bombings in America compared to, like, the, the 70s, 70s Yeah, the yeah. 70s
1: bombings were, like, not considered, like... These kinds of bombings, you might be cons- like thinking about, I don't know, atomic bombs or something like that. Right. You're what you really should be thinking about in this su- form of political activism is like, I don't know, like a firework on the ground, okay. almost. Like it'll cause a fire, it'll probably kill someone, it'll cause some severe damage, but it's not like gonna take a room out a gets town. destroyed. Yeah, right. exactly. It's that kind of thing. Uh, car bombs, you know, like that kind of thing. I'm not trying to downplay what it is. I am trying to like rationalize it in your brain, right. um, a little bit, to where like the size of the activism. Uh, and SLA, like, we're not ta- just talking about the SLA here, but this quote is from the news around this time. Across the nation, between January of last year, so 1974, and April of this year, 1975, a total of 4,330 bombings have been reported. Oh, my gosh. Across the nation. Isn't that bananas? Yes. I don't know what the casualties or injuries were associated with that, but that is a fuck ton of bombs. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, at one point. In, so the is making bombs. And obviously you're working with a lot of things that are going to catch on fire. At some point, there's a fire in the backyard of the house that of they're course. making bombs in. The fire department barges in and goes immediately to the backyard. Here are the things, a list of the things that they did not see in the house. Patty. <laughs> <laughs> the guns. Okay. The pipe bombs. Oh my god. Any other paraphernalia.
0: Did someone call the fire department or did they just see I'm it and sure. show up? I don't know. And did they go up from the side yard then, or did they go back out through the house?
1: I don't know.
0: What? What well,
1: either way, they say- If that was
0: a fictional, like if this was an, like a novel, I'm like, that's lazy writing. That
1: is lazy. It's so lazy writing. Yes. Like, you're going to tell me you walked through the house to the backyard. I'm nosy as shit, so like maybe I'm yeah. a little bit different, but I feel like you could look around and be like, that's a gun.
0: Right. Oh, did you see the gun on the kitchen table and the wanted fugitive on the couch?
1: Yeah, and like the pipe- the PVC pipe oh, right. that is sh- too short to be used in any plumbing circumstance. At this circumstance. place that had a
0: strange fire catch in the backyard? Yeah,
1: what the fuck? Um, and this is a quote from Mike. Quote, that's how incompetent and comedy of errors this whole thing was. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: Well, especially when you think about the people who could have been saved if they had been caught earlier. Yeah. Obviously, the people responsible for the deaths are the people who committed them, but law well, enforcement could have prevented a you lot more damage. could have
1: warned Patty that she was about to be kidnapped. Right, right. That step number that one. That huge list they found. Yeah, the yes. huge li- People to kidnap. Let's call them up. Right. Jesus oh, Christ. Anyway, so Patty is does actually attempt to set off a bomb at the Tarville police station. She puts it under a car. She actually places the bomb under the car. Luckily, it's a dud. That is August 7th of 1975. There's another couple of bombs that are placed at the Marin County Courthouse in August 20th of 1975. Um, one under the cop car outside to cause panic. And then the idea was the Bomb outside would send panic. People would rush outside to see what was happening, and then there was another bomb that was going to go off by the door, and that was the one that would cause damage.
0: And kill people. And
1: kill people. Luckily, they went off in the wrong order. So they did go off. No one was seriously hurt. Um, LAPD squad cars, August 22nd of 1975. There is a PD car next to a window of an IHOP. The bomb was designed to only go off when officers were in the car and the car was moving. And this is kind of interesting. Maybe this is my little engineer brain, but the the um, trigger to set the bomb off was kind of a clothespin. Okay and there were nails drilled into the insides of the clothespin going out. So the heads of the the nails or the screws were touching when the clothespin was closed and that would complete the circuit and lit, light the fuse of the bomb. Okay. Um, to keep the fuse from going off, they put a little wooden thing in between that. And then there was a magnet attached to like fishing line or something attached to the bottom of the car. So when the car drove away, it would take the, the wooden thing With out him. of there and then um, the clothespin would close, the bomb would go off. Boom. Yeah, if you ever messed with wooden clothespins, you know that sometimes <laughs> they don't close right. No. And so the car drove off at just the right angle to keep the, when the clothespin closed, it closed oh, wrong. Oh, it got all sideways, yeah, sideways on it. sideways, and the heads didn't touch, and so the circuit never closed, and the bomb didn't go off.
0: Whoa. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Lucky, too. Very crazy. lucky.
1: Like, crazy that they thought of that, but also crazy that it went wrong in that way. Yeah. I don't know, It's that was like fascinating to me. So yeah, after this bomb was discovered, the station called every um, officer that was out that night to see if any more bombs had been placed. And I'm not sure how many they found, but one, they interviewed the FBI SWAT, or sorry, the LAPD SWAT team that was like at the uh, shootout and fire in LA. Um, and so as part of that interview, they were like, did you guys find bombs? And yes, right. one of them did. Uh, it was under one of their. Uh,
0: like squad cars? Yeah, squad
1: cars. And it's, I'm not sure if that was intentional. I don't, I kind of don't think it was. No. Yeah. Um, but it's crazy that the guy was, he was undercover. So they yeah. like found this guy and it just so happened to be one of the guys that was at this shootout in LA. And so, yeah, it was clear that the LAPD was being targeted as a result of the shootout, obviously. I mean, if I were in their shoes, That's who I would target to. They interview, the docuseries interviews Adam Hall, who is an explosives expert, and he says that these were two very powerful bombs. So the bombs under the squad cars that they found. Quote, these are pretty much the two most powerful pipe bombs that have ever been planted. Whoa. They were three inch in diameter, 12 inches in length, and had uh, three quarter inch nails as shrapnel. And quote, it's the largest pipe bomb I personally have ever seen, is what he said. So it could cause some
0: some f- serious damage, some really big damage.
1: Um, these bombs might very well have killed dozens um, had it gone off. And this is this is another point where you see Bill kind of go squirm. a little, Yeah, squirm a little bit because the interviewer asks because of the amount of
0: damage he attempted to do to civilians.
1: Well, he claims he didn't. Okay. And
0: that's probably the trial section. So I'll hold my tongue, but this isn't
1: the trial. This is like, no, like that'll be like what
0: happens. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: So, but like sitting in the interview for the docu series, you can hear the interviewer in the back kind of ask him questions. And he was like, did you have anything to do with it? And he says, I didn't do any of it. And uh, he says, not that I recall. I don't recall ever making a bomb. And then he kind of giggles and he's like, I don't know how to make a bomb. I couldn't make mm. a bomb to do to this very day and I wouldn't trust myself making a bomb. And they were like asking more specific questions. And he said, No, I didn't make a bomb that was used against police cars in Emeryville. And then when pressed about the oh. other bombings, he said, I don't have any knowledge of that and I would like, I don't have any knowledge of that that I would like to share with you. How about that?
0: Okay. So, I mean, I recognize someone's First Amendment rights to remain silent, and also...
1: That's sketchy as shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even
0: if it was, like... I, I didn't really do a lot of the bombings. I was more of like a this guy or that guy. It is a uncomfortable acknowledgement that the organization you were affiliated with attempted to it. blow shrapnel up into innocent civilians' faces.
1: And like I said, he's very well spoken. Right. And so like seeing him make these kinds of statements where he's all over the place, it's like, okay, okay. your tell is so obvious. Right, this is a
0: break from your yeah. regular stuff. Uh-huh. Right.
1: And so at this point, we're in 1975, August 1975. The FBI still has no fucking idea where Patty is. How? I don't. Isn't it know? clear she's back
0: in California? You would think. Okay.
1: You would th- I'm assuming they know that she's in California. They just don't know where she is, but they've at this point they kind of have connected her web of friends, the Salias, Wendy Yoshimura, right. um, the Harris's, everything. So they're trying to focus on finding Kathy Salia as a link to Wendy because Wendy is a wanted person. Right. And so uh, Pat Jean McCarthy came up as a person who would be associated with both women, so they start following her. That brings them to an apartment complex in Pacifica. They're interviewing the owner, and the owner says, oh, yeah, he like they show pictures of them, and they're like, of the two Salaya guys, I think, or Jim and Steve, and they're like, yeah, they're my painters. They're working in this apartment today. Oh, and so shit. it's Jim, Kilgore, Mike Borton, and Steve Salaya, and he also knows of the Salaya sisters. And so... Uh, the they're tailing them the painters that they're tailing leave pacifica and go to moore street and at this point they're watching and they see the celia sisters are there and so they finally know where the Celia sisters are there. And one of the FBI investigators has a friend at the electric company who's a retired FBI agent. And he calls and asks if there's any unusual activity on Morse Street. And he's like, oh, yeah, there's a guy at uh, 625 Morse that's stealing power, which is bananas to me. <laughs> so they're like, oh, yeah, that person's stealing power. But, like, it's not in our jurisdiction. Not a huge deal. Yeah. What? <laughs> Can I do that? Because power is expensive. <laughs> um, and so they follow them from 625 Morse to 292 Presita, Presita, okay. Um At this point, they see all three Celayas. So uh, Kathy, Josephine, and Steve come out of Presita, which they expected. Uh, and then Bill and Emily come out of Presita, And that mm. they didn't expect. Bill is doing laundry in the laundromat. And this is funny to interview in the interview with him because he's like, yeah, I saw this guy in a suit and we're like kind of in a poor part of town. Mm. So that was weird. Right. And so he goes home. He's like, I think I was just made out by the cops. And so they grab some shit and walk like they try and run away. Uh, And then they're caught. And (sighs) Bill's quote is super fucking fast. Very well done.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I then involved in a couple operations. That was a well done one. <laughs> he was like, I, we didn't really? see them
1: coming until they were on top of us. Oh, is what shit. he said, yeah. Um, so
0: they were caught like on the sidewalk? Yeah, like outside of their house. That's a huge get. I know. I'm not cheering for any of these people. So no. I'm thrilled about I'm this. I'm thrilled.
1: I also love when Bill is like, yeah, that was good.
0: He's like, I saw it coming and I tried to avoid it. Couldn't. Couldn't outrun Could. run the law forever.
1: That was good. That was good. Um, and so they searched that house to make sure that Patty isn't there. They find guns, bombs, all sorts of shit. No Patty. Um, They go back to Moore Street, the house that's stealing the power. Um, At this point, they see a plumber in the garage or in a nearby house. Or No, I think in that house. They find a plumber in the garage, and they ask uh, if they recognize any of these people, and they show pictures. And the FBI, it's Wendy and Patty that they show pictures of. Uh, And the plumber's like, yeah, they might be the ones upstairs. (gasps) And so the FBI agent makes the decision to go to the back door, um, which is open. And so technically, mm. you know, the laws are gray area. Yeah, gray area because it's, yeah.
0: He has reasonable suspicion and reasonable
1: suspicion, and there's nothing keeping him out. Right. And it's a warm day, so they <laughs> go to the back door, and lo and behold, sitting at the table right inside, Wendy and Patty. Patty, this is another incriminating piece of evidence against Patty. Patty's immediate reaction to seeing these people come to probably arrest her is to run to where the guns are. Mm. Unfortunately, Wendy does not have that instinct, and so the FBI agent threatens to kill Wendy to get Patty to come back out oh, without shit. issue. Oh, shit.
0: Christ.
1: And so Patty comes I mean, back out.
0: oh my god, though.
1: That's intense. That's, yeah. like, fucking intense, but...
0: I'll execute your friend right now if, you, if come, you don't come out. Because
1: if she had gotten a gun, that's an automatic weapon. She could kill everyone. Sure. Which is, I mean, like... That's a fucking hefty-ass threat. It's just threat.
0: a crazy thing to... Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay.
1: Like, I get it, but also, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. They Once they recovered the guns that were where she had gone, they realized they made probably the right call. Yeah. Uh, the guns in that area would have resulted in a horrible shootout. And um, Patty wet her pants when she was arrested. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, Steve comes in to check on his girlfriend and is also arrested.
0: <laughs> nice. Okay. So they get literally everybody in the in one day.
1: I don't think the other Salia sisters are caught. Caught. Jim is definitely on the run. We talk about that in a little bit. Okay. Um. Yeah, the Salias are on the run. I don't think that they had significant warrants. That's why they saw the Salias and were like, we right. got bigger fish to. Right. Fry. Right. 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 Um. So yeah, the FBI still cannot find the Salia sisters, um, or Jim Kilgore, or Mike Borton. Okay. A year and a half later, after she's been er, kidnapped. When Patty is arrested and sent, like, to where she's going to be held, Patty gives the revolutionary salute while in handcuffs.
0: What is that? Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, just, like, a fist in the air. Um, and then when she's booked, she's asked what her occupation is, and she says, Urban Gorilla, not the ape.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> like, say it, Maya. Say it.
1: She, like, rips off her shirt, and it's a gorilla costume. Okay. Yeah. So that is it for the. The uh,
0: Patties, like.
1: Urban guerrilla warfare.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: So now they're in holding, getting prepared for trial.
0: Sure. How do you find an impartial jury who hasn't heard details of this case?
1: That's a really good fucking question. Sorry, I don't civics know. civics
0: teacher and me took over, and it's like, did I don't you know. have to find people that have been living under a rock?
1: A lot of interviews. Do they host
0: it in California? Is it like, is the mm-hmm. trial held? Okay, yeah, so they even California. do it in they a different jurisdiction. jurisdiction. Yeah. Okay.
1: I'm assuming they just did a lot of interviews to find people that just weren't connected sure. to
0: the news. 6,000 people get called for jury duty, something <laughs> like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. So while uh, Patty is in jail, she gets visited by Trish Tobin. Um, and it's the first visit. It's four days after her arrest, so September 22nd, 1975. And this, they have recordings of these visits, okay. and it's kind of funny to watch how fast Patty, I don't know, rediscovers herself, uh, finds herself, if you will. She, this is a quote from Patty that first time that she's visited. Uh, Quote, I guess I'll just tell you my politics are real different from back when obviously, and this creates all kinds of problems for me in terms of a defense So there's a really strange dichotomy in this conversation between Trish and Patty because Trish is then...
0: Who is Trish? Is she the lawyer? Just like a friend, no, like an
1: old friend um, from back in like a year ago (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but Trish is like telling her about how she's about to go on a ski vacation to uh, like Switzerland and how, I mm. don't know, like.
0: Very bourgeoisie.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And meanwhile, Patty's like, yeah, so my politics are weird. Anyway. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh. It's very she's strange. She's like, my politics are weird, but that does sound fun. Like, I get it. i mm-hmm. ski totally for the totally. win.
1: Totally. And so Patty gets a world-class defense team, obviously. Wait, the
0: Hurst family pays for it?
1: I assume so. Yeah.
0: Fascinating. I don't know if all families would.
1: No, my family wouldn't.
0: I don't know what my family would do. I think if I was involved in a murder, I don't think I would expect it.
1: I assume they're just trying to save face, especially because Catherine, her mom, is like still trying to present her as like a woman to society or something, redeem
0: her reputation. Yeah.
1: So anyway, she gets the two main lawyers are F. Lee Bailey. And he is kind of described as, like, a superstar. When they're interviewing people outside of the courthouse, some of them, a lot of them are coming to see Patty. A, <laughs> a significant portion of them are coming to see Bailey. Mr. Bailey? Yeah. Wow. Because he's, like, that good of a lawyer. Wow. Um, however, more importantly, the other lawyer is Al Johnson. And he's the one that gets really close to Patty and is, like, almost protective of her as, like, a daughter. Okay. Or something. Um, and the prosecution, the main guy, is James L. Branning Jr., which is... Such a lawyer name.
0: Yes. Uh, and Welcome to the Branding Justice Center. Yeah. Right? Like,
1: <laughs> and he's described as being very bright, but it's very obvious he's a, quote, square.
0: Oh, he's like bright, but so boring. I guess. Doesn't have that <laughs> razzle-dazzle <laughs> like Mr. Bailey does. Like
1: Mr. Bailey does. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, it's the grandmother's injury. And and Brady.
1: I'll unbutton this. Do you like this, girl? <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: Ladies and gentlemen of the jury... <laughs> (laughs) It'll be the government's job to prove beyond a reasonable doubt.
1: He's like, well, she was flashing. Did you see that beret? She
0: lived hard, but she lived fast. That's what you got to understand. (laughs) Mrs. Hurst. (laughs) Did you? (laughs) You know we are not on Hearst's side. No, but and that's exactly also, how it's That's the dynamic it. of it all. And if even if it's not, that's how the papers are portraying it. Yeah. And also, what a convenient industry for your family to own during this time is a bunch of newspapers. newspapers. Yes. She's yes. she's innocent, says we, the Hearst Family, family Tribune.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So this is a quote from Al Johnson, the one that got closer to Patty as her defense lawyer. "Quote: I was shocked to see the extent of emotional disturbance her captivity had caused." She was shriveled up in a chair, sitting across a table from me. You would have to be an uninformed human not to know the trauma she had been through just by looking at her. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I can take either of her lawyers seriously, quite honestly. Uh, It's just like, they take it...
0: I don't know. Is her defense lawyer the entire musical Chicago? He had it coming! Coming. He had it coming! Coming. (laughs) Singing podcast. Again, not on her side. No, but like it's the opening twenty minutes of Chicago, yeah. where it's like, oh, yeah, all doom the and, like, uh, and what choice? Fosse, what choice yeah. did I have? And I couldn't do oh, anything. Wow. He actually, popped
1: his gum. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, really, actually, falling into kind of like maybe the perfect analogy for here at the start of the case. Yeah, fascinating. Okay.
1: Yeah. So I. You can tell that Al Johnson and F. Lee Bailey still feel some level of sympathy towards her, and that is okay. client-attorney privilege, but sure. um, they're very good at their jobs, I will say. Hearst, uh, in a conversation with Trish, uh, tells her that she feels that Bailey is patronizing, <laughs> so she does not like him.
0: This lawyer of the century just will not ask me about myself.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, but she does like Johnson. Okay. Um, She also writes very dramatic love letters to Steve Salaya. She's been dating now for like... You said
0: Steve and I was like, Steve Wee or Steve... Okay, Steve Salaya.
1: No. Steve does ask to visit her, tries to visit her. She says no. It's so sad because he's interviewed in the docuseries and the whole time he's like, I don't think, like, she would never do this. And then, yeah.
0: It's like... Oh, the only analogy I can come up with is it's like your high school boyfriend, but then you moved away for college and now you've come back for the holidays. And he's yeah. like, hey, and you're like, oh, I'm embarrassed about that yeah. time in my life. <laughs> well, I also might like- be a newly convicted felon. <laughs> This is embarrassing.
1: But also it's like it's the guy she you versus the guy she told you not to worry about it. Yeah. It's like Steve Weed and Steve Salaya. I
0: listen, I know I've spoken a lot about like the Lonely Hearts Club here on this yes. podcast for a second. That is some insanely messed up heartbreak to have to try to get over. Yes. One morning you wake up and you are engaged to a woman who you think is interesting and exciting and that you met at an inappropriate age but you are engaged to live, like engaged to marry and like live in a cute little apartment in San Francisco and then you get physically assaulted. She gets ripped away and a year and a half later when you're like, finally, I've been so worried about you. She's She's like, like, go away. Yeah, literally. Like when when does Mr Weed get any closure?
1: I don't think he does.
0: And I have a lot of sympathy. I don't have all sympathy no. because again, sixteen when they met. But like you That's can, a really tough breakup.
1: And he does seem just like the kindest person. So yeah. I, I I truly don't think he had any ill intentions with anything, but it was, it was like, Patty,
0: really? An insane ghosted story.
1: An insane ghosted <laughs> would story. would kill it at
0: the live show. Oh, <laughs>
1: um, and so she writes dramatic love letters to Steve Salaya, and she writes that she wants to keep up the fight and overthrow the government in America, which she spells A M E R I K K K. A.
0: I mean, there's definitely like a racism problem, like a racial violence problem. I don't know if you are the most effective conveyor of that message anymore, Patty. You also
1: actively kept police from solving the zebra killings.
0: Right. Oh, and killed... Wasn't the superintendent... Black. Black? Yeah. I think so, yeah. The first person person your group killed was... Marcus Foster, yes. Like an important and powerful black man in the field of education.
1: Yep. So, Mm. yeah.
0: I mean... I don't even know if we can keep this next part, but like the definition of white allyship right there is like, I want to say it when it's like cool and trendy and useful to me, me. but do not ask me at all to be held accountable at all for any of the things I've done on behalf of that cause. And I'm going to dip in and out when I want to.
1: And I'm yes. going to adopt all
0: this verbiage and then I'm going to warp it so that way when I get a lot more attention, because I'm like this wealthy white girl, when I get a lot more attention for that in the newspaper than like black activists at the time, I'm yep. going to corrupt in the public's mind the language that they've been using.
1: Yep. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> um, I think we're going to
0: keep that part. I yeah, think we're going to keep that, that was, part.
1: That was very well said. Um, Bait coach. Yes. Yeah. So the defense team said that she, or like, were kind of, I don't want to say they were controlling her life a little bit, they were trying to, like, get her to think in a certain way, and so they said that she couldn't have any contact with any of the former SLA members. Right. Which arguably she couldn't really anyway, because the only other one that was in jail was Emily, and I'm pretty sure they were keeping them pretty separate. Right. Um, but they called this deprogramming and deradicalization. radicalization Yeah, feels weird. Mm -hmm. Bill then says she was essentially brainwashed by her psych team and her lawyers, which is in direct contrast to the lawyers saying she was brainwashed by Bill and co. Um, Yeah, Steve Weed wanted to see her, but she didn't want to see him. Um, So... This is a quote from the author. I mentioned him briefly in the last episode, or probably a lot more than briefly in the last episode, Jeffrey Tubin, who wrote American Heiress. Right. Um, and he's one of the primary sources of this docuseries that I watched. And this is a quote from him. Quote, In the days after she was arrested, she was still a revolutionary, giving the fist salute and calling herself an urban guerrilla. But in short order, she returned to being the Patty Hearst of Hillsborough, California, mm. the heiress herself. Uh. This is a quote from her, um, maybe a few weeks later, maybe a month, I'm not sure, with her friend Trish. These are a couple quotes. Quote, it's kind of fun, except that uh, there's nothing else to do but paint your nails. Really exciting. In prison? Yeah. Okay. She then says, I've been crocheting, though. And then later says, but at least my mother, she came in and she asked, uh, she was asking me about my hair, you know, like, can I change it back? (laughs) And she asked if, she asked if there was a beauty parlor in here. She also then says um, about the trial, yeah, I have a really nice brown pantsuit. And Trish asks, you do? Where'd you get that? And Patty says, Al got it. He has really good taste, which,
0: uh, um,
1: just knowing Patty's tendency to be in a relationship with any man near her that tends to care about her just makes me like, uh, gross.
0: latches onto a bunch of different figures.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, And by the time Patty shows up to the courtroom for her trial, she is like, absolutely back to what old Patty looked like. Okay. Like not wearing like her hair is done up. It's been freshly blown out. She's wearing cute brown pants suit. The
0: thing that made it hard for us to believe she would do it in the first place is being highlighted to now lead us to believe she never meant to do it in the first place. Yep.
1: Mm, yeah. Okay. Listen, the defense team was good. Uh, so there's the trial for the Hibernia bank robbery. And this trial, kids... Kids, you'll think you'll know where it's going. Girl, you do not.
0: Does Judge Mathis come in from the <laughs> LA show? <laughs> I was thinking about that at the other day. Yeah, because it'll publish before this. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So God, I
1: hope so. Shout
0: out back to Out on Her Limbs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that was episode one of this little arc, wasn't it? That's so fun. We get so lost in the production, and yeah. the production and the publishing is always so separate that sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, I love oh, that yeah. story when we recorded it. That's it's crazy. so great. I love yes. that.
1: Um, So this trial began February of 1976, so two years after her initial kidnapping. The defense team's whole argument is that she had no volition. She'd been brainwashed. The whole defense of that case... This is a quote from Al. The whole defense of that case was based upon us showing that her actions were based upon persuasive corrosion. And that is really important because one of the kind of buzzwords that comes up when people talk about Patty Hearst is Stockholm Syndrome. Right. Stockholm Syndrome, and I didn't really know this, is not actually a recognized syndrome in like that book, I don't know what it's called, but like the book of all the shit that you can have wrong with you. Um,
0: (laughs) I think the American Psychological Association Book of Recognized Diagnoses. Yeah, see, I have too many of them,
1: and so my brain is like, that book thinks Uh I have things. She
0: probably has ethos for it. I think for the rest of us, the way we would say it is...
1: (laughs) Yes, what Grant said. Uh, (laughs) stockholm syndrome is not based on that and i do want to do a story on the origin of stockholm syndrome so i'm not going to go into the details of it have you do you know
0: i mean i assume it's out of a stockholm sweden yeah it is. and uh there's a couple other things that i think i know but i don't want to say too much either
1: it's fascinating and (laughs) also kind of hysterical um but, yeah, so since it's not considered, like, a valid... I don't want to say a valid diagnosis, but it's not, like, officially recognized as a diagnosis, it can't be used in court. Okay. Uh, and so persuasive corrosion is what you would argue in court as opposed to Stockholm Syndrome. And so this is a quote from Bailey, the other lawyer, the, the superstar. He said, We invoked that in medieval days, if the princess were kidnapped from the castle, she could not be held accountable for anything that happened until she was returned to safety. Which is just gross on so many levels.
0: Yeah, I mean, incredible wordplay and, like, wordsmithing. Yeah. But if, I think if Princess Peach was murdering all of those little mushroom people alongside Bowser... I'd
1: still be pretty pissed. Yeah,
0: exactly. I think she can be held accountable for that.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. So Stockholm Syndrome, for those of you who don't know, is used to describe situations in which hostages, more often than not, women develop feelings of sympathy and affection towards their abductors. And this was obviously based out of an event that happened in Stockholm, Sweden, um, where the victims appeared to have developed a sincere relationship for their captors. And once we talk about it, you'll understand why. You know,
0: part of this almost kind of reminds me, too, of the Stanford prison experiment, Mm, where it's mm -hmm. like they were kept in a confined space, and, like, violence and power was, like, such a focus that, like, it starts to, like, justify and warp any decision in your own mind.
1: And here's the thing, too, is that hostage negotiators often encourage Stockholm Syndrome of hostages because it will statistically increase your likelihood of survival. Oh. Yeah. Which is bananas to me. But it's also, like, how... What's the longest bank robbery you've ever heard of? Because was it a year and a half? Right.
0: Was it 18 months? No.
1: Exactly. And so that's, I think, where that kind of comparison kind of falls short. Um, But yeah, so this is... One of, not one of the first, but one of the beginning trials where psychology is really brought into it. And there's a news reporter quote that says During the next few weeks, it promises to be the latest example of the powerful role psychiatry now plays in the law. And so the prosecution team. Um, we mentioned that other square guy. But there's also David Bancroft, who's uh, one of them and is the cross-examiner, and he is interviewed in the docu-series. And the prosecution knows, obviously, persuasive corrosion is going to be the defense. Right. This is the only real way that you can argue her to innocence her anything, because there's right. video evidence, right. especially because this is a trial of Hibernia Bank, where they made a point of mm, having to her on, on camera. camera. Yeah.
0: Right. And so... Also, like, several recordings that she's intentionally Mm, released.
1: Um, So, prosecution was questioning what her intent was. Defense put on three psychiatrists. All had a specialty in brainwashing. Um, But, per David, the prosecution, um, one of them, his name is Lifton, who is, like, kind of the SME of the SMEs of those three, specialized with prisoners of war who come out after months and years and come back with sympathy for mm. the other side. And there is no instances where the captives take arms, take up arms with the enemy. Right. And so that's what his kind of focus is. The defense argues, quote, her capture and confinement Her capture and confinement, their brutalization, was coupled with indoctrination. Clearly they intended to convert her to their ways of thinking, no question about that. She had no volition. The, dominances, the dominance of her captors allowed for only one excuse, that she was involuntarily accepting of the point of view of her captors. And one of the other psychiatrists claims that she only kept up the Revolutionary Act in prison due to the fear of Emily Harris. However, at this point... The prosecution points out that she was nowhere near Patty at the time of those statements. And Wes doubles down then and says, well, that shows just how powerful her influence was. Patty thought she was there. Mm. Anyway. Yeah.
0: Because Patty's apologetic in the courtroom. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, And she hasn't gotten on the stand yet. This this trial, I think, is a couple weeks long, uh, if not more, but... Then the argument of Stockholm Syndrome comes up. Some argue that it's fundamentally different from Patty's situation, and that Stockholm Syndrome is often used to make the best of a situation, like people recommend um, victims use Stockholm Syndrome to survive. Right, to survive to the survive. Prosecution says the SLA had no expertise in the art of brainwashing. Mm. The defense argued that Donald DeFries, conveniently now dead and can't say anything about this, mm. studied the North Korean methodology.
0: When and how?
1: Well, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's very possible. I don't want to discount that. But it's also like, this came out of fucking nowhere. Right. Uh, Bill argues that he experienced brainwashing when he was in the Marines and never did anything akin to that to Patty.
0: Mm. Yeah. So Bill thinks Patty's just as guilty as the rest of them. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Patty, or he at this point still thinks Patty is a comrade, That like, we're going through this together. Sure. Um, The mistake that the defense makes is putting Patty on the stand.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. How, how are you even justifying that as a defense team? I mean, obviously, I don't think she's innocent, but also at the same time, you deserve a fair trial or as fair as you can get in the American justice system. And a woman who's been through all of that over the last two years, two plus years, doesn't seem like the kind of like rock solid person you want up defending herself.
1: Yes. I think the reason that they wanted her on the stand was to like show just how... Shaken, Okay. She was. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of legal intricacies that kind of happen here. Um, Patty on the stand claims that she was raped by Willie Wolfe and then Donald Defries. And it is important to believe victims. If she says she was raped, I'm inclined to believe she was raped. It is interesting to me that this is a big point in her case. Um proving that she was abused and this is one of the few things that the alive members of the SLA cannot speak on because they were not in the room okay. when it happened. Um, and there's no camera footage. So like, unlike being at the Hibernia Bank, she can't say she wasn't there. She can't sure. say she didn't threaten people.
0: And people do, for a variety of reasons, stay in relationships that are abusive, yeah. relationships that are romantic and sexual. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like it has to be... She was assaulted, or, or she was in a relationship with him. Both are, are a possibility. Hundred percent. Yes.
1: Um. Yeah, because Patty can't say she didn't rob the bank. Blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to. I was clearly a little mad while I wrote these. Yeah. Hold on. Uh.
0: Because like, you'd almost use that in a defense for like what she then did to her assaulter, but it doesn't make a lot of sense for then why you would then rob a bank together, unless like. Her participation was conditioned on her physical safety, which doesn't sound like that's been something that's been. I was, I think that was really technical, but you followed what I was trying to say. Yeah, because she
1: makes it clear in her communique that no one pointed a gun at her. That was part of the reason that they had her on the video, right? To prove that she wasn't under duress. And Um, she
0: continues to engage in these activities long after the person who potentially did assault her did so. And and she's committing similar crimes after the fact. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And so
1: it's, it's, it's hard to understand. I can I want to believe that if she says she was assaulted that she was assaulted. I can't but necessarily like, believe that one thing leads to the other.
0: Right. It feels like a piece of this mural yes. and not the piece that explains the mural.
1: Yes, yeah. exactly. Um And it's also hard to believe the the prosecution brings up that the other women in the group were strong feminists, and that's the reason that they joined this group. Right. And two of them were in charge of her care, and it was, like, uh, I think Nancy Ling Perry and Emily Harris. And Emily Harris is quoted saying, The idea that these women would allow Patricia Hearst, no matter what her situation, to be raped by men in the group is really ludicrous. It really offends me.
0: Okay, so members of the group are saying, like, that's not how we operated. Yes. Which, again, they're not experts because they weren't there.
1: And it's also, like, you also kidnapped a 19-year-old. Right. So, like...
0: Right. How much do you know about consent? Yeah. Right. So, it's hard, like... This is... Yeah, there's a lot of angles to this. I hear... A lot of angles. Listen, I don't know if this is going to come across clearly enough in the audio, but as a person who can see your face, Mm -hmm. it's, like, very clear that, like... Mm we have a perception that Patty is guilty on your face. I will say that like Patty's guilty, but that this is a part that does get mentioned, but doesn't fit nicely into like one narrative. Yeah. yeah. And I want to make sure that's clear that we're not trying to be like, but like, just forget all that. Like you're, it's like, it's clearly something that we are for all the other things we can settle on pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. It's something that's just, there's
1: no right answer, but it's a huge
0: part of her defense too. And can't just be brushed aside. That would be ignorant as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, And psychologists at this point also argue that women may not have rationalized it, like other women might not have rationalized it as rape, since being non-monogamous was kind of a tenant of their their whole thing. Um, And it's also important to know that she was held in a closet for weeks by the point that she had any kind of sexual encounter with Willie Wolfe, so does she have the autonomy to say yes to anything? Um, But it is also kind of... I don't want to say it's important to recognize the point of the perpetrators but it is it is notable that bill and emily are willing to admit everything they did to patty mm. anything negative um they're willing to take blame for that the only thing that they stand firm on through all of the years is that sex sexual assault was not part of it and again were they there no but i feel like they probably had a good grasp on like the the vibe of the group um but yeah So it's really tough. Um, At some point, though, she, the charm is brought up. The Olmec monkey is brought up. Um, It was in Patty's purse when she was arrested, and the prosecution never understood its importance until the interview. So Bill and Emily, once Patty turns, once Patty goes on the stand and says, I was raped... And like starts talking about how she was brainwashed, and none of this is her fault, essentially. They find a way to get an interview also on like uh, some kind of news program saying like, "Hey, fuck no." okay. Like that's, we have a different
0: narrative of. We have a not. different narrative
1: and we're not about to let our dead comrades right. be slandered like that. And so um, once the the idea of this Olmec monkey was brought up in that interview, the prosecution is like, "Oh, that's what that was. Mm. And one of the female prosecutors was asked about, asked about it. And, um, once she thought about it, her response was no woman would carry a token of their rapist, which I think has some merit. Again, I don't understand the mentality that Patty is right. in because it's like, obviously a very niche area. But I don't think
0: it's a blanket statement you no. can make about things, but yeah, I understand the POV.
1: Yeah. It's like, okay. Uh, I get rid of shit because it's traumatic just because, uh, yeah, it's a whole thing. Um, prosecution gets the necklace from Patty's purse, uh, which wasn't evidence at the time. They also contact the LAPD evidence. And sure enough, true to um, Patty's communique, she re- the communique that she releases eulogizing, uh, Willie Wolf mentions, you'll probably, s- or the pigs will find a Olmec monkey um, that Willie wore around his neck on his dead body. And I guess they never really... Did a deep dive into it. They did recover it from the scene. And sure Sure. enough, it had been found under Willie Wolf's burned body. And it was the counterpart to Patty's necklace. And the Olmec monkey was one of the last pieces of evidence to come to the jury, which I think is important just because juries like, you know,
0: most recent information, most recent
1: information is the most important. Um, But the defense puts Patty on the stand so that the jurors can hear in Patty's own words, the terror of her kidnapping and being held captive. The downside is, during the examination from the defense, Patty ends up testifying to certain events that happened the following year and a half after the kidnapping and the Hibernia bank robbery. This was not within the scope of the trial, so as soon as she brings it up, it opens it up for her to get cross-examined on.
0: Oh, But they couldn't talk to her about it until she mentioned it. But now it's part of the testimony, and so you're allowed to. Yep, because... It's a huge mistake.
1: Huge fucking mistake. And the two defense attorneys still say to this day that they had some uh, ruling from the judge that the trial would only pertain to the Hibernia bank robbery, and... um, The kidnapping, but apparently that was not true. Right. Whether or not it was like a ruling, but they misread it or something, I'm not sure. But yeah, the defense believed the cross-examination would be limited to the robbery and the kidnapping. This was not true. Now that Patty had mentioned some of these events while she was on the stand, she has now testified on her own behalf, which also means she cannot invoke the Fifth Amendment anymore.
0: Oh, shit. Yeah. Once you take the stand, you, you have to answer all of it now.
1: You know, once you take the stand and you mention those things, like any, you can't now say, well, I'm not testifying to those events.
0: Okay. You so a massive mistake. A
1: massive, massive mistake. And the defense
0: mistake. gets the choice to put her up there, right? Yeah, I mean, they did not the, have to. If the prosecution puts her up there, she can just say, I plead the fifth to every single question. Yep. Um, But defense puts her up, okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. So she's voluntary, on, voluntarily on the stand, which now means... She has mentioned the Carmichael bank robbery, which now means the death of Myrna Opsal is on the table. Right. And at this point, as soon as that death comes onto the table, the defense team objects and tries to stop the trial. At this point, Judge Oliver Carter is fucking furious. And he says, quote, nobody made her take the witness stand. You opened this up. Right. And then he turns to Patty and warns her of uh, future punishment for contempt unless she responds.
0: Oh, shoot. Okay.
1: Upon cross-examination, the defense advises her to plead the fifth. Judge demands that she answers. Right, that she
0: can't anymore.
1: She kind of has to just, like, say, I don't want to answer that. Sorry.
0: I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. Uh,
1: for our non U.S. friends, um, the Fifth Amendment just mm, means. Right. Sorry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I also teach civics. So I think for yeah. a good portion of our U.S. friends. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> if
1: you've listened to episode nine, it covers Miranda rights and the Perkins operation. And right. the Fifth Amendment is highly a part of that, which is just like you can't ever kind of be forced to.
0: You can't be forced to testify against yourself. It also, I think, covers spouses that are married Mm -hmm, to you. Basically, if you committed a crime, the police have to be able to prove that you committed that crime without questioning you directly about it. That Mm -hmm. there needs to be enough evidence beyond us grilling you on, like, where were you on the night of the third, right, to prove that you are guilty. And that's that's the Fifth Amendment Mm -hmm. specifically, is that it says... If they arrest you and they're like, what were you doing? You can say, I plead the fifth or I have the right to remain silent. And that alone cannot incriminate you. Mm -hmm. If the only piece of evidence they have is that you won't talk, that can't incriminate you. They need evidence to open up and that's not a piece of evidence. Exactly. I get so nerdy about some of this stuff. Oh, I love it though. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah. So it protects against self-incrimination. It also breaks down uh, into five rights or protections, the right to a jury trial when you're charged with a crime protection against double jeopardy, which just means trial for the same crime with no like new evidence Um, protection against self-incrimination, the right to a fair trial and protection against the taking of property by the government without compensation. And while you can choose to not answer a question from the police and it can't incriminate you, if you do plead the fifth on the stand, the jury is gonna take that into account when they're considering their their uh, verdict. And juries don't love it when a witness takes the fifth. It almost always means that the witness has something to hide. And Patty. It does not
0: look good on you. Yeah.
1: So Patty had to kind of argue with the judge that. The judge was like, you can't plead the fifth. And she was like, okay, well, I'm not answering that. And that whole thing happened 42 times.
0: Oof. In front of the jury.
1: In front of the jury.
0: A jury that probably has heard a little bit about her already. Yep. It's not like she's a no-name store clerk or, like, bypasser or, like, witness. It's not like she was, like, just some low, she was a high profile.
1: Yeah, and theoretically, the trial's going well for her before. She was like, I was the victim. These are all the things that they made me do. I was sexually assaulted. And then suddenly, when asked about this other bank robbery, she can't can't or won't answer anything. There's a court transcript of her um, or, like, a court recording where the prosecution is asking her to look at some documents in front of her. And she's like, I won't do that. She's, like, refusing to even acknowledge that there are papers in front of her. I don't know what was on them, but clearly it's not fucking good. Right. Yeah, so the trial was eight weeks, which usually means a jury del- deliberation is going to be pretty long. Right. Jury deliberated for a day and a half. Oof. Jesus. Uh, and returned a verdict of guilty and gave a seven-year sentence.
0: Guilty for the... Hibernia bank robbery. robbery. Okay. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, That's the only thing that was on trial. But Patty, I guess once this verdict was returned, turned to her lawyers and said, did I ever really have a chance? Which like.
0: Yes, you did. Yeah. You really fucking did. You had about every tool in the toolkit a defender can have for being infamous that long.
1: Yeah. And you decide. Yeah. Also,
0: because before that, you can render a verdict again for our our non-U.S. friends and for our U.S. friends that it's been a while since they took civics. Same. um, when the jury sits down and deli- uh, to deliberate, I think they have to kind of go through all of the evidence because each evidence is labeled like exhibit A, exhibit yes. B. You have to go through all of the evidence again mm-hmm. one more time to be like, this is what they laid before us just to kind of yeah. make sure everyone's on the same page. And then you vote. And so sometimes that process alone Can takes take a, a long, long time. time. I don't think it I don't think it was a day and a half of discussion. No. I, I don't know if they started to discuss until that second half day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so um, immediately after Patty is uh, quoted saying, everything went pretty much the way the SLA said it would go. I was arrested. I was brought to trial, convicted. Seems like everything the SLA told me would happen has happened. Which, like, it's really hard to, like, read her in that moment. Like, is she sympathizing with the SLA? Is she, like, admitting? Yeah, whatever. Um, the defense announces that they're going to appeal. The most important thing people learned in this trial is, is that being rich will not get you out of jail.
0: Mm, it's not permanent. It's not yes. like a permanent get-out-of-jail-free card.
1: Yeah, there's a large school of thought in the 70s, which is a large reason for all of these kind of um, protests and everything that someone rich and powerful will never be convicted, that they're above the right. law.
0: It's a big reason why the SLA is formed and she stays part of it. Yep. She's mad about all of that stuff. Yep.
1: There's an interview outside of the courthouse um, where a man is interviewed and she, he says... She may be found guilty now, but later on it will be thrown out of court. And the interviewer asks, Why do you think so? And his response is, Money talks.
0: <laughs> mm. There's still an, an attitude about that now. I don't think that's. That's gone not away. different, yeah. no.
1: And like, fair, honestly. Um, and it's rarely anyone uh, is ever released on bail after they receive a guilty verdict. Right. Um, judge gave her a bail of $1 million, which was paid.
0: Of course it was. Yep. And then what does she do?
1: A condition of her bail by the judge was that she would be protected by police officers hired by her family.
0: <sighs> Money talks.
1: Money talks. So the lawyers kind of help in finding uh, the policemen to be her new guards. Okay. Uh, the exact
0: force she had been attacking before yep. this
1: one of which is Bernie Shaw and he's recommended to the hearse as a guardian he's considered an exemplary member of the force he's a family man married with kids um, you want to guess what happens they end up in a fair
0: oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. There's just like a lot of emotions that kind of hit you I know. all and at you're like, once. Girl,
1: what the fuck? I thought Girl, you, what the fuck? I thought
0: you hated that kind of stuff.
1: Girl, what the fuck? Awesome. This man was hired by your family's money and is a member of the police force you were actively attacking. How
0: magnetic is she in person? I don't know. That she know. just like, bat 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 like every,
1: every time. Every a time
0: group. I mean, game-recognized game. No, <laughs> know, I'm kidding. It's but like... So
1: it's like, within a year and a half, you've had... Four serious relationships.
0: Correct. All of which managed to help serve you in some way. In or some the other. way. Which I mean, like pop off. The amount of relationships I've had that have not served me. Yeah. The amount of relationships I'm still getting over that have not served me. Girls. <laughs> <laughs> um No, I mean she's a bad person, but she's also person. at the same time, like my favorite saying: a broken clock it's is right. still right twice, twice a, a day. day. Uh, a bad person who manages to never miss when she shoots a shot.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So she ruins one more family.
1: Oh, not yet. They're just in an affair right now.
0: Okay. I'm gonna stop
1: this and replace the battery really quick. I could stretch real quick. Okay, cool. This
0: is always so fun. Because it's just, again, not something that I have spent a lot of time dabbling in. I just love a gin fizz, an old-fashioned, like, scratches the itch genetically. (laughs) But um, I hear my friends talk about it. I'm like, wow, that sounds awesome. Not for me, but that sounds so great.
1: <laughs> I was like, I was trying to get into music production for a while, and I like made this acquaintance. It was like my friend's boyfriend's sister or something, oh, and she's into music production. And I was like, how do you figure out like there's so many different sounds, and like I can't <laughs> like keep track of all of them and like when I want to use them. And she was like, oh, here's my advice. Here's my advice. Just get really high and just play around with it for, like, several hours <laughs> and before you know it.
0: <laughs> Jacob, Jacob, are you listening? <laughs> Jacob?
1: <laughs> I was like, oh. Can I? I don't think
0: we've actually plugged it yet, and I don't know how much of this is going to get kept. Mm. Uh, do you know Jacob's on Spotify? No. He is <gasps> on Spotify as Haram Bae. H-A-R-A-M-B-A-E. Harambe. Um, I love well, that. What's my favorite one? This is my favorite one. We're going to play just a couple seconds of it. You recognize it. Oh. I wonder if any of this is trademarked. Sorry, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> Do you recognize it yet?
1: Should I recognize it? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! (laughs) You gotta stop playing that right now. I love
0: it though. I know, right? I know. (laughs) That's a smidge. That's good. So good. Yes, Harambe Mm -hmm. on Spotify. Check him out. He's great. He's one of our good friends. I love that. I might actually need to text him to ask for permission to share that part out loud. But I don't know if I've ever seen him have like a strong opinion about anything ever. No. And he deserves some love. He has some. He he has a bunch of songs on there. He's uh, he's great. He's fun. And it's all it's it's his hobby. And his hobby room is music sampling things like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So Patty Hearst, where we just were. Where were were we
0: before that very strange but fun little break? (laughs) she,
1: uh, got the guilty verdict seven years, but then got out on a $1 million bail with some fucking condition that she needs to be protected 24-7, and now she's in love with her protector.
0: So she's just not even in jail at all? No. Oh, she never spends a second in jail?
1: She was held in jail, like, before the trial.
0: But then she's just on, like, house arrest? I guess.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Mel Sporting Goods, that's the next trial. Mm. The one where she was openly shooting at a bunch of people with a semi and then fully automatic weapon. So, Bill and Emily Hurst were sentenced for six years, um, a year prior to Patty ending up going to trial for it. Um, For the Mel
0: shooting one now, for her second trial. for her second trial. It's
1: important to note, they were not tried for Hibernia Bank because there's no evidence they were in the bank.
0: Bill and Emily were yes. in the bank.
1: And I don't remember if they were both getaway drivers, but I do remember that at least one was. And so I think that's true. But there is no evidence that they were they took part in that at okay. all. So there's no way that they could be tried. Anyway, they received their verdict for the Mel's Sporting Goods store uh, shooting August 9th of 1976. May 9th of 1977... Patty goes to trial for the Mel's Sporting Goods store. The defense lawyer uh, says that the case was a nightmare and could not be won.
0: The defense trial says yes. that? Okay.
1: Yeah. The likelihood that Patty was guilty of all the same things, the likelihood was that Patty was guilty of all the same things the Harris's were. And the assault with a deadly weapon. Mm,
0: because Be- they've already gotten a, some of them for the crime. So they've yep. established the severity of the crime and the guilt of the people involved. And also, Patty now has a criminal record because she was found guilty yep. of something earlier. Yep. So you can't argue it's out of her nature.
1: And she's the only person that shot a weapon at this right. fucking shooting. So she should get a heftier sentence than Bill and Emily that didn't shoot
0: A deadly weapon. They got, what, six years? Six years. Okay.
1: Um, Patty Hearst pleads no contest, and it could have been 15 years to life. Oh, wow. Yep. The Hearst family, however, removed the judge, which had sat for Bill and Emily's trial and knew the case and the evidence. And Patty's sentence was a five-year probation with no jail time.
0: Are you fucking kidding me? Nope. How do you remove a judge?
1: Money? I don't know.
0: They put, like, the right pressure on the right people, and they got a different judge to do it?
1: Yep. (sighs) Isn't that infuriating?
0: And it absolutely underpins... (sighs) It's extra hypocritical because Patty's so angry at like the corrupt system, and then immediately turns to it when she wants to. When, she gets what, help. when she, as soon as she's done playing revolutionary and she wants mm-hmm. to get off for some of this stuff, and I'm sorry, maybe that was overly critical, but it's, that is that's now. That's how it comes off. Right, that's what she's now 100%. done. She played revolutionary, and then she got caught and abandoned every single one of those principles to to, to get off to avoid yep. any consequence.
1: Yep. Um, after the trial, she's seen being escorted by her personal body guards into a limousine. Of course she is. You cannot argue that she got a special brand of justice for the rich. Um, the class privilege she rejected while an Urban gorilla, she is now embracing it because it's protecting her. And now, the next thing to go to trial is the kidnapping. Um... They Her need to, own kidnapping? Yeah, she doesn't go to trial for it. Bill okay. and Emily go to trial for it. Um, they need to convict someone of the kidnapping. Uh, six of the SLA members are dead, so it's just down to Bill and Emily. They offer them a plea deal. Essentially, what they think happened is that the Hearst family does not want the spotlight on Patty any anymore. Sure. So they're like, they're trying to get the lawyers to offer a plea deal so that it'll never go to trial. Right. And so the plea deal that they start out with, real strong, life without the possibility of parole. Oh. <laughs>
0: I mean, I know that you start off with your most extreme position but that's to give like, you negotiation that's it. room. That's like
1: the death penalty and then that. Like yeah. that, those are the...
0: Here's, here's what we're thinking. Die in prison. <laughs> How does that sound? Does that sound okay? Does that sound good? And then uh, in exchange, we get to protect the reputation of our daughter. Yeah. Who's now our daughter again.
1: That sounds good, right? That sounds really good. They say fuck no. What do you mean
0: they have a counter offer? (laughs)
1: Uh, They just essentially keep saying fuck no. They're like, we don't care about your daughter. We'll take this to trial. Right, exactly. Like, bring it down. Right.
0: If we're going to go to jail for this, then then the thing we want to do is make sure that our former friend and comrade and person who engaged in all of this stuff with us experiences some kind of retribution.
1: Exactly. Yep. And so within a month, the deal comes down to how much time do you want to do? (laughs)
0: I wanna. I wanna write a number and slide it across, and you just let me know if that number works for you. Yeah, you know those people who are like, money can't buy happiness. Bullshit. It takes care of like. It takes care of like five of the six steps on Maslow's <laughs> hierarchy of needs. Oh needs,
1: yes. And so Bill and everyone speculates this is because the Hearst didn't want to go to trial. So, in the end, they agreed to a 10-year, 8-month sentence with time served. A
0: 10-year, 8-month sentence? Yeah, so specific. I don't know why.
1: But um, I also don't... Maybe there's, like, a lower limit for how much they can spend, but they also got time served, and they'd already been in custody for three years. Right. Um, And so... Because they
0: had been found guilty for something else.
1: Uh, so Bill admits that he and Emily benefited from the Hearsts, desperately not wanting to take this to trial. And he, he's quoted saying, privilege does a lot, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fucking, yeah, it does. Imagine your privilege being so profound that you protect your kidnappers. Right. Fucking bananas. So what's the last thing that goes to trial? The Carmichael bank robbery. Good. Um, during the Hibernia bank robbery trial, Charles Bates, who's an agent at... Why did I write that down? Oh. Oh. During the Hibernia bank robbery trial, there's a man named Charles Bates. He's the agent in charge of the FBI at the time. He reaches out to the Patty's defense team and says he is willing to recommend immunity from prosecution for Patty for the Carmichael bank robbery if she makes herself available for questioning by the FBI under use immunity, which is immunity from
0: prosecution. So you tell us all the secrets and we won't get you for the horrendous crime you committed. you were a part of. And she doesn't take it?
1: No, she takes it.
0: Here's where it gets fucking funny.
1: Here's where it gets really fucking funny. Um, During this interview with the FBI, she says, she testifies, apparently at this point it would be her and Steve essentially that are going up for trial, Michael trial. Yeah, because Emily is Emily is also facing trial at some point, but it, it doesn't happen until much later. Bill was not in the bank. I'm not even sure if he was a, a getaway driver. driver. Yeah, but Patty testifies that Steve was not in the bank. This is backed up then by Bill. He was not planned on being in the bank. However, witnesses in the robbery claim that they saw him among the robbers. And so, if you're the FBI, um, you have a statement from... One of the perpetrators, and like two of the perpetrators, right. saying Steve was not in the bank. However, Patty has been on the stand, fucked up her own trial, horrendously. Right. And then you have eyewitnesses that are saying something else. You can't use both. Right. So what do they do? Use the eyewitness. So Patty gets all of the benefits and has to do none of the testifying. Mom.
0: So, everything breaks her way. Everything
1: it's breaks her It's why she's
0: able to be interviewed, in does she get married? I'm sure she gets married and has, like, kids and stuff. It's why she's able to have this normal life after two years of of violence, of intentionally terrorizing people.
1: Yep. All of the physical evidence backs 100% backs up Patty's account to the FBI, but they could not rely on her. Either way, Patty wins the murder charge against her is neutralized um, because she's a state's witness witness for the FBI. This is appealed all the way to um,
0: The Supreme Court?
1: The Supreme Court What's appealed to the Supreme
0: Court? Probably her protection from prosecution
1: Yes Yes, this is appealed all the way to the Supreme Court which refuses it Patty turns herself in to the federal prison at Pleasanton, California. So she does spend some time in jail. Okay. At this point, um, she asks her two defense attorneys to find a divorce lawyer to join the team. Yep. And then the divorce lawyer fires the two defense attorneys. The Johnson ones- and Bailey. Uh, yes. Kay. The two that had been there with her. The two that had gotten her use immunity. The two that had, like... Stood with her for the last three trials. Um, why do you think she needed a divorce attorney?
0: Is she trying to get uh, the her bodyguard divorced yep. from? Of course she is.
1: Yep. and uh, She so, really does
0: just get what she wants throughout most of this story.
1: Yep. So she gets this uh, lawyer so that her lover could divorce his wife and marry her.
0: As she's on her way to prison for a couple of years? Mm-hmm.
1: Al Johnson. It's really sad uh, when they interview the two men. The two the two defense attorneys are interviewed in this, which is kind of comical given that Patty herself was like, "No, fuck you, I'm not being in this." And right. Then, and they're still they still stand by her, but it's also comical because they're both like, "What the
0: fuck?" Yeah. What happened there? They're both
1: like these pretty old men by now, but sure. they're like, "Girl."
0: I remember. I remember what Girl, you what did to us. What are you
1: talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And so Al Johnson believed in her and had devoted his life to her for this case. Um, they had worked to get her out of first degree murder charges and Bailey is quoted saying, if Patty ever said thank you, I don't recall it. Oh shit. Yeah. So they're also pretty fucking bitter. Still. Yeah. Um, Patty now asks for a new trial of citing what? that F. Lee Bailey was an ineffective defense. Mm.
0: Does yep. she get it?
1: Nope. Okay. <laughs> Al stands by Bailey and was like... No,
0: he was fully. Capable. He was fully
1: capable. It was rejected. Patty lost. Um, Patty was trying to get Carter to commute her sentence, focusing on her as a victim. Jimmy
0: Carter, the president. Yup. Okay.
1: Focusing on her as a victim, she doled out interviews in Life magazine, etc. Um, her family owns a fuck ton of news outlets, right. so she so gets
0: a bunch of people wanted to interview her. Interviews or had to.
1: everywhere. Ronald Reagan endorses her uh, her plea to get her sentence commuted. Uh, This was all great, but it wasn't really working until one critical thing happened. What do you think? And it wasn't anything related to Patty Hearst. It was something that happened around this time that might help her in her brainwashing case.
0: Oh. Is it the American hostages in Iran? No.
1: No. Jonestown, baby! Wow, oh,
0: oh the 70s really was actually an insane Fucking time. Fucking nuts! An insane time. An insane... Th- Sorry, different hostage situation gone a wrong. Absolutely
1: different hostage situation. Um, yeah.
0: So Jonestown happens. Jonestown and happens. And it changes Americans' perception.
1: Yeah, we're gonna, I'm gonna go through like a really quick rundown of Jonestown. I imagine I'll do an episode on it sometime. Basically, it's a cult it's a very religious cult. The guy was kind of losing grips on it, and so he moves the entire cult down to South America. And there's some complaints that reach back up to the U.S. that are like, they're in hospital conditions, which is true.
0: And we're not being allowed to leave.
1: Yeah, it was forced labor. They have our passports. They have, uh, like, all of the money that we've ever, uh, like, earned. We can't do anything. Uh, and so... Uh, Congressman Leo comes down to check on them, right. and basically everything seems fine. There's video of that. They're all dancing, having a great time. He tries to leave. A bunch of the Jonestown members come up to him as he's leaving, and they're like, we would like to leave. Take us with you. And so they're as they're trying to get on the plane, uh, Jim Jones, who had previously said it was okay for some people to leave with him, backs out of that, right. and there's a shootout. Congressman Leo dies along with some of his uh, news crew. Some of the members of Jonestown also die. And um, after those people escape, Jim Jones realizes the fucking jig is up and he convinces everyone else at um, in Jonestown to commit radical suicide, revolutionary suicide with him, which is where I I
0: saw. Sorry, just real quick. He convinces a crucial majority of people. I've seen some that says it was not.
1: No, universal. it's not everyone. It wasn't
0: everyone. And that there were some people who were forced, it was forced upon.
1: It's also important to note that all the kids were forced. Right. Like, uh, and this is where, if you ever hear... Because there's a
0: handful of survivors who hid during this. Yes, there's yeah. a handful
1: of survivors who didn't make it on the plane that hid in, like, the jungle and stuff, and that was absolutely bananas. They had to get reunited with their families, like, days later. Um, 900 people died. Yeah. And there's, like, helicopter footage of it's this her- encampment. It's, it's horrific. It's yes. horrific to look at. Um... But, yeah, so this is theoretically revolutionary suicide. Those of you who aren't super familiar with Jonestown, if you ever hear someone saying, like, don't drink the Kool-Aid, don't drink the Kool-Aid, that's what this is That's right. what this is from, because while it wasn't Kool-Aid, it was some kind of, like, fruit drink that they had poisoned with, um, I think it was um, cyanide tranquilizers and sedatives. It was squirted into the mouths of babies and children via syringe, then drank with the adults, and then there's evidence... Um, doing autopsies on some of the bodies much later that there's evidence that some of these people were not willingly doing this right. because the people that were willingly doing this were literally drinking Kool-Aid. Other people had to be injected with it. Right. Um, so this, ju- this changed the public opinion on why people do what they do and what they do when they're in these kinds of situations. And so this is literally Patty's argument at this point. February 1st, 1979, Patty gets her sentence uh, commuted by Carter.
0: Whoa. Yeah. Actually kind of surprises me.
1: Yep, same.
0: I didn't think Carter would do that.
1: I didn't either. Um but if you don't know what having a sentence commuted means, it means that you just get a lesser sentence than what was originally decided on by Cuz she's the trial. not
0: pardoned, it's just commuted. Yes. Okay.
1: She does also want to be pardoned. And so she's of there's she a does. lot of famous photos of her wearing like with her with her uh new boyfriend husband. She does end up marrying him, I think. She stayed with him until he ended up dying uh, a while okay. ago. But there's a lot of famous photos of her after this, um, wearing a shirt that says "Pardon Me" on it, which is like cute, but really not. Um <laughs>
0: no, I'm a sucker for wordplay and like alliteration, like yeah. "Pardon Patty." But like,
1: like you're responsible for some deaths. You're
0: deep, and not only are you responsible for some of those deaths, but it sounds like the murder, the murder of Myrna, mm-hmm. is not ever really no one's ever held accountable for it
1: we're gonna get to that okay um so december 8th 1981 we're several years out now patty publishes an autobiography called every secret thing she admits to her involvement in both bank robberies and her accounts of them f lee bailey is quoted saying publishing that book is one of the dumbest things i have ever seen in my life because use immunity does not cover writing books to make money about how mm. you committed a capital crime mm. fuck yeah f bailey you go off um, Carter only commuted her on the bank robbery charge. Not anything else mm, that that's good. she wrote about, including <sighs> the death of Myrna Opsal, which she, yeah, she has use immunity, but she's fucking talked about it. Right. So,
0: so um, this, the second time she's learning that she lesson, She needs to too. fucking shut the fuck up. Yes. She needs to kind of go away.
1: It's really convenient that she learned to shut the fuck up right before someone wanted to do a deep dive on right. the story, um, is all I'm fucking saying. And so she gets to make money on movies about the story. She gets some actress jobs. She walks on runways. She goes on the TV for interviews. Her life is not adversely affected by it. In fact, you could argue she makes a fuck ton of money becoming famous after playing revolutionary for a year and a half. Um, Patty goes on to complain that Bill and Emily were not charged in the Hibernia bank robbery because quote, their last name wasn't Hearst. The reality is they weren't on fucking camera.
0: Right. But you 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 wanted.
1: You were on fucking, you were front and center, babes. Right. You were front and center and you insisted on doing all the communiques.
0: I know that's what her, her whole argument was that she was a victim. Yeah. And like, she was a young girl that was abducted from her home. But that's not the only page of that story. Also,
1: like, I did stupid shit when I was young. Nothing compared to this. But, like, you still have to take accountability for some of the things that you
0: did. You know, like... Yes. It's, like, maybe the most important thing to learn in your youth is that, like, regardless of your intention, to own the consequence of your action.
1: Yeah. Exactly. That's it. The consequence of your action was the death of several people. Yes. Yeah. And now, and now because 900 people got convinced to kill themselves or were killed in South America, now you get to get out of jail scot-free. And now you're like, but that's not enough. I need to be pardoned. I need a clean record. Even though I'm still getting jobs, it's not affecting me. I still need this, which is fucking bullshit. Here's a quote. I didn't write down who it's from. Probably Tubin. Um, she came from one of the f- most famous journalistic families in the world, and she understood the power of controlling the narrative. She persuaded the public, and by the large, this is a story about one young woman who is kidnapped and forced to commit one bank robbery, and that is what most people remember about this case. She eliminated Mel's sporting goods, the bombing she participated mm. in, the death of Myrna Opsal, which she is morally responsible for. Mm. So there's a glimmer of hope for the Opsals. Kathy Salaya has been a fugitive for 24 years. She was wanted for placing the bombs at the IHOP and um, she's wanted for placing up some of the bombs. Um, there's lots of evidence tying her to those bombs. June 16th, 1999, a Minnesota fugitive task force arrests Sarah Jane Olson, which is Kathy Celaya. She's been raising her kids and acting in community theater all these years. What? Yep.
0: So she moves to Minnesota, changes her name and yep. just becomes a member of the community. Yep. How did they find her?
1: I really don't know. I don't remember. Okay. I don't because in '99
0: I'm like that's some like real detective. That's work.
1: detective shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Kathy was going to trial for those bombs, but the issue now is that the jury would have no idea who the SLA she is. She
0: changes her name to Olson, and her victim's name was Ogdal. Opsol. Opsal, that's too close for comfort for me. But okay. I would
1: yeah I would avoid any yeah anyway um so the jury that she's gonna go face trial in front of, has no idea who the SLA is. They've, they're not familiar. It's been
0: a bit of a time It's been a time. So
1: um, they start looking for the other crimes they committed. What else can we bring into this to create, like, a, a scene of the other crimes that these people are, like, right. are to professional criminals. To a picture of yeah.
0: the type of people they yeah. are. Yeah.
1: Um, so <laughs> they're asking the FBI agent. The interviewer says, what did you find? And the guy says, we were overwhelmed. Oh. Myrna Opsal. Uh, Myrna's son, John, makes it his mission to get justice for his mother. Good. Yeah. And so January 16th, 2002, Bill Harris is arrested for the murder of Myrna Absal. At this point, he had done his time, and him and Emily had split, so he had started a family. Um, This is sweet. I mean, not sweet, because Emily technically is a criminal, but she she and Bill split, and she married the woman that she'd had a long-term relationship with.
0: Emily did? Mm Mm-hmm. And then she kind of, like, fades away?
1: She still faces prosecution for this, because the death of Myrna Opsal has never really been prosecuted. But
0: she's not putting herself in the news in the way Bill and Patty are. Yes, yes. she's still
1: alive. She was not interviewed in the doc. Um, So after Bill is released, he becomes, the first time, he becomes a well-respected investigator for lawyers. Um, Kathy Salaya, Jim Kilgore, Mike Borton, Bill Harris, Emily Harris are all indicted for the death of Myrna Opsal. Patty Hurst would be the star witness in this case. Mm. Which, there's a lot of questions, like, why was this case not tried earlier? Right. There's 28 years. Why
0: did it take finding this final woman I don't to know. pull it all together? I, that's still
1: not super clear. It's suspected it was due to the Hursts, because they didn't want her on, a, on the stand. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and Hurst, even though she wrote a book talking about how she was, took part in the death of Myrna Opsal, did not take the stand. Chose. That's doesn't, important.
0: Doesn't, like, serve as a witness.
1: Yeah. She wasn't required to, so she chose not to. Yep. Um, the whole crew pled guilty. They got seven to eight years.
0: They all pled guilty. They don't even go to trial. Yeah. Okay.
1: I mean, like I can respect that at the very least. Like I'm happy
0: for the, uh, I'm happy for Myrna's family.
1: I am too. Um, yeah, I don't think they got quite the justice they feel they wanted. Um, but I think he get he got some closure at the very least. Um, Here's a quote, I believe it was also from Tubin. I stopped writing it down because I kept quoting him so often. (laughs) Uh, On the day Patty Hearst was convicted, the message a lot of people took was, no one is above the law no matter how rich and powerful. But as you see how the story evolved in subsequent years, it's a story about how it's really good to be rich and powerful. Mm. Even though she shot up a street in Los Angeles, even though she participated in bombings, even though she robbed banks, when a woman was killed in one of them, she wants a pardon in addition to a commutation. She wants her record completely wiped clean. And when Bill Clinton is in the waning days of his presidency, she gets it.
0: Bill Clinton pardons her?
1: Yep. January 21st, 2001. Yep. He's trying to clink his eyes. You I can't am, really but hear it. It's not working. Yeah. <laughs> it's a
0: round glass right now. But yep. <sighs> Why? What pressure is there to even pardon Patty at that point?
1: None. Another quote. Um, I think this is from Bill. No, this is from, this is from Patty. No, I'm not sure who this is from. Okay. Um, Quote, I do the best job I can to explain it, but there are so many people who will just never under, this is from Patty. Yep. I do the best job I can to explain it, but there are so many people who will just never understand it or believe that they can be so totally controlled by other people that they don't even have to have them standing right there next to them any longer with a gun directly to their head. People tend to agree that she's the victim of the kidnapping and that that had to be terrifying. People tend to disagree on what happened after. Some think she had a choice. Some think she did it to survive. Some say she, quote, put on Tanya and liked it better than anything she'd had before. She was, to some extent, indoctrinated into those beliefs and now regrets it, denies it, and says she was the victim the whole time, is another um, take, and those people also argue that she needs to take some accountability for her radical behavior. Bill quote is quoted saying, if you were to stack Patty and Tanya next to each other, clearly the most interesting person is Tanya.
0: Mm.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, one of the women is, uh, like one of the lesser lawyers on the prosecution team. She's the one that was asked about the Olmec monkey and said, no woman would keep a token of the rapist. She said um, she was asked much later about what her opinion is on Patty Hearst, and she said, quote, I think she's water. She takes the shape of the glass she's poured into. Mm. Here's another quote from Bill. She's privileged enough to good everybody? Fool everybody, I bet, is what that meant. She's privileged enough to something everybody, you know, epitome of an entitled person. She could even become a terrorist and a bank robber and still get on with her life. It's quite amazing. America is a funny
0: Yeah. She's a bank robber. She's a murderer. She's an author. Is she a mother? Does she have kids? Mm
1: -hmm. She's a mother and a grandmother.
0: She's a convicted and then pardoned felon. Yep. Um, She has a really complicated legacy. One that would maybe be less complicated if after she serves her time, she fades away into the, like, comfortable life of being part of the Hearst family. Yep. As opposed to insisting that she, like, stays part of the narrative.
1: Yep. And here's a few final quotes from Tubin. Uh, Tubin calls the presidential actions on Hearst's behalf an example of, quote, wealth and privilege in action. The fact that she got these two presidential gestures of forgiveness is the purest example of privilege on display that, frankly, I've ever seen in the criminal justice system. She had um multitude of opportunities to escape over a year and a half she went to the hospital for poison oak and she could have told the doctor oh by the way i'm patty hurst she was caught in an inaccessible place while hiking in the forest rangers helped her out and she could have said oh by the way i'm patty hurst she didn't escape because she didn't want to escape she was part of a group and she after she was arrested in september of 1975 she responded rationally then too she said yeah i don't want to be a part of all this lunacy anymore i recognize that my family loves me I recognize that I want to go back to my former life. And that's the position she took at that point. I don't say any of this in an accusatory way. You know, this is 40 years ago. I'm not trying to convict Patty Hearst. I have no ax to grind in the story. But I think it's more convincing. It's a more convincing, clear way to look at the story that she was a rational actor throughout rather than these basically silly concepts that are imposed by journalists rather than looking at the actual facts of the case. And then quickly, where are they now? Emily Harris uh, declined an interview in the docuseries after her release, became a computer consultant for Hollywood Studios, is now retired in California with her partner, never charged with any of the bombings. Kathy Salaya also declined an interview. She was released in 2009 after serving seven years. Jim Kilgore declined an interview, captured in South Africa in 2002 after 30 years on the run. They
0: found him in South Africa? Yeah.
1: Crazy. Uh, he was released in 2009. He now teaches at the University of Illinois at Urbana. Um, As what? Dude, I don't know. I don't know what How his do background. all of these people
0: have such insanely good careers after the... F- okay, continue. Yeah.
1: Wendy Yoshimura declined interview, convicted on explosives and weapons charge, spent six months in prison, is now an artist in California. Josephine Celaya was never charged with any crimes. That's all they said about her. Steve Celaya continued painting houses until his death in 2013. Russ Little who um, Russ Little and Joe Ramirez were the two that went to jail at the very beginning of the story. Russ Little was convicted, or his conviction for murdering Marcus Foster was overturned in 1981. He lives a quiet life with his family.
0: It was overturned?
1: Because he wasn't the murderer. Okay. He was convicted as if he was. Um Joe Ramiro is still serving life for the murder of Marcus Foster. He's up for parole in twenty nineteen, so I don't know what happened after that. Patty Hurst declined an interview multiple times. He's she's still married to Bernard Shaw until he died in twenty thirteen. She has two daughters, um, and now uh raises dogs to compete at the Westminster Kennel Club dog show and is quite famous doing that. Quite popular. And that's the story of Patty Hurst. What First.
0: the fuck? She raises competitive show dogs now? Yeah.
1: It's like which is like so much more of a slap in the face than I want it it's to be. It's so like,
0: tiring. Like this woman is that's what? Yeah. What? <laughs> to a certain degree it makes sense. Yeah. I think, like in a weird way, as you sit with that information for a second you're like, like what else would she That would be do? a that would be a career for a type of person like this. Yeah, it's
1: not like she had to work.
0: Okay. So So when (laughs) I
1: asked you about what you know about Patty Hearst initially, he said something about the Hearst family and Stockholm Stockholm Syndrome. Syndrome. Yeah. What do you think now, Grant?
0: (laughs) I don't think that's much of a mystery. (laughs) I think I am a lot less... I don't know how much of the Stockholm story I buy anymore, including if I buy any of it at all. I think I am aware enough to know that I rarely know everything. And so I don't know what a human does when you are 18 and you are kidnapped because you're wealthy or you're related to wealth. I don't know what that would do to a brain chemistry. I Mm -hmm. do think at a certain point, you need to look at how your actions are impacting others and decide if more or less of you is needed in that situation. I think it's a perspective that Patty Hearst sorely missed throughout most of it she by her own admission hurt loads of people regardless of what state of mind she might have been in at the time and then it feels pretty clear that the connections that she was so against at least in theory at least while brainwashed the connections she was so against she was then so eager to use to get out of trouble which Mm -hmm. she did
1: um, I want to read one last statement from Patty. This is um, in response to Tubin's uh, book going, uh, getting published without her interview and um, the CNN docu series that I used as my primary source going live without her being a primary source. Um, and that docu series, I think, was released in 2018 or so. So this was around this time. She says, this past weekend at the Golden Globe, so many strong women put together an incredibly moving testimony to the fact that times are changing. I am so grateful for people like Reese Witherspoon, America Ferreira, and Eva Longoria, who have taken a stand for women everywhere. When Oprah gave her acceptance speech, it moved so many of us. She said, uh, something lived... RECY? R-E-C-Y? I don't know. So-and-so lived as we all have lived, too many years in a broken culture... Uh, lived as we all have lived too many years in a culture broken by brutally powerful men for too long women have not been heard or believed if they dared to speak their truth to the power of these men but their time is up that hit home for me uh, more than you can imagine it's no secret that I was abducted raped and tortured at 19 what followed was a series of events that were the distinct result of a child having been destroyed both inside and out over the years, I've been approached many times to discuss my ordeal, and I've answered many questions. I've spoken the truth about my experience and even wrote a 499 page book where I lay it all out as painful as it was to relive. Each time I do, it puts me back in the nightmare, which, as you might imagine, is deeply painful. This is why for the last several years, I have declined to interview to answer any more questions. It was very hard on me and not something I want my daughters to be reminded of. When approached by Jeffrey Tubin and what can only be construed as an incredibly arrogant and egotistical fashion. He stated in an email that I should talk to him, saying, you've written your own book and given many interviews. Yet he continued with, it would be in your best interest to talk to me. I'm a high profile writer. This book will get a lot of attention. It will be seen as the last word on the subject. It was offensive to me that a man would have the audacity to tell a woman that he would have the last word on her trauma. Naturally, I declined this request." Oh, there's more. Uh, Jeffrey Tubin's unauthorized book, American Heiress, which cites one of my kidnappers as his main source, romanticizes my rape and torture and calls my abduction a rollicking adventure. This project is attempting to rewrite history and directly flies in the face of the present hashtag MeToo movement, where so much progress is being made in regard to listening and provide providing a voice to those who have suffered abuse. I am further saddened and appalled that Fox 2000 agreed to finance and produce a movie based on Tubin's book with a similarly th- themed screenplay also written by men and that CNN has agreed to continue to perpetrate a one-sided dialogue romanticizing my torture and rape by hosting a podcast and docu-series through Tubin's distorted lens. I refuse to give Jeffrey tu- Tubin 21st Century Fox CNN, or anyone else involved in these projects about my life, the power to make me a victim again, or the power to provide a platform where a victim blaming is okay.
0: But the problem, one of the first things that stuck out to me is when she talks about power, what it feels like you find out over the course of the story is her understanding of power is the ability to to use violence. Mm -hmm. That her... To her, power, like, to her power is violence. That's the whole point of the SLA is that violence is used to shift power and that the violence that they are willing to commit is their power. And it reminds me, did you ever watch the movie Women Talking?
1: Mm-mm. It was oh, based in
0: a book too.
1: I have seen like clips and yeah. stuff of it. Yeah. The
0: premise is... Uh, women in like an Amish Mennonite community are thinking about leaving Um, and it takes uh, it's a conversation that takes place over the course of a day when all the men in the community are gone and there's a certain line that sticks with me um and it's that the men in the community were teachers of what it meant to have power and the young boys were excellent students and that the purpose of power in that community was to have power over someone that that's what the purpose of power was. Mm-hmm. And that there's, I mean, so much more to it. You can't summarize women talking in like 10 seconds. Yeah. But that's, that too is what I kind of get from this long story is that her perception of power is the ability to commit violence and the ability to have control
1: over, over a situation, a
0: situation yeah. or something or someone story, else. Yeah. yeah. It's not like the good, the doer of good power where it's like, and then we use this to like, Help house some of the people in the, like, insanely cheap housing that we're finding. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, there's a whole bunch of unethical stuff that, like, banks do. And that's who we were targeting. And we were trying to, like, underpin certain things. Or it's, like... It was
1: literally, like, we want to set the spark that starts the revolution. Right. And we're going to do that by committing acts of violence. Right.
0: What if we killed every person who was trying to have breakfast at IHOP one morning? Like, yeah. that's, that's what our She loses her was. whole
1: argument when it comes to the bombings. Right. Because that's, like... At the beginning, it's like Sin Q doing the like give food to the needy," and yes, it doesn't pan out. and like then they can they commit the bank robber to continue their act, and it's like, I don't love it, but i can I can understand where that train of thought leads. Right. but as soon as you get to just like random ass acts of like shooting up a store, right. For no real reason.
0: Other than to get your buddy out of it. Other than
1: to get your buddy out of it, when theoretically he's just going to get charged with, like, a...
0: Shoplifting Shoplifting, charge, if you
1: guys hadn't already caused insane violence. Yeah. And then you get to the bombings where you're placing bombs just, like, in random-ass police cars. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, like, I'm not... dis. It also makes me really mad that she really clings on to the idea that, like this whole woman and men dichotomy and that the reason she's saying no is to take back control of her story when she was given the opportunity to do that. And right. I don't want to say that Jeffrey Tubin is innocent in all of this by any means, because I don't know how he approached her. I don't know what that interaction was actually like, or if he's actually a jackass in real life. Right. But like for you to then say that, you, no one else has the right to this story because it was traumatizing to me, and now I get to decide that right. this narrative does not get to progress.
0: Forget all the people I hurt. I was hurt, and thus I get to be the one that decides if it gets talked about. If it about gets about at talked all. about.
1: Needless to say, even if you were brainwashed, this now becomes a huge case right. for the psychoanalysis of victims. Right. You don't get to decide that. Well, brainwash or not,
0: there were other people that were hurt and were traumatized. Hurt. and Like the
1: Opsal family, which you decided to do nothing about. Right. You had the power to do something about.
0: It also rings so hollow, the idea that like, she is powerless over the story, over the narrative. When she has... So much influence over the story that she actually probably has undue influence over other people's versions yes, of the story. Yes, exactly.
1: Because even when I knew about the story, I knew that she got kidnapped. Right. And I knew that she ended up switching sides. I didn't know anything else about it.
0: Right. And, so totally didn't know yeah. about the shootout, they didn't know about the bombings, mm-hmm. um, didn't...
1: And it's very convenient that she chose to amplify this story when she's trying to get the attention of the presidents right. to get her sentence Uh, commuted and to get pardoned.
0: Events that, by the way, at least in theory, when she was asked about on the stand after deprogramming, as her defense attorneys called it, uh, she chose not to talk about it at all, not to explain away or anything, just refused to acknowledge the papers that was in front of her. Yeah. What are the pictures you have in front of me?
1: Oh, this is um, her in the pardon me shirt with her new husband, Bernard Shaw. Okay. This is her before the kidnapping with Steve Weed. He just looks like his name is Steve Wee. He right? does. He does. Yeah.
0: Steve Weed looks like the like a really nice guy. Yeah. Um, she's very s- stylish in the "Pardon Me" shirt, mm-hmm. but yeah, very stylish.
1: Yeah. This is a very famous picture of her in front of the SLA Cobra, holding her gun. Is and this during the beret. her time
0: in the SLA? Yes.
1: This is around the time of the bank robbery. I That's
0: think. an intent. Which one? Oh, the first one. Okay. That's an intense, insane gun, by the way. Yes. It's 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 not
1: a handgun. This is the... uh, Picture of her. Yeah, at the Hibernia bank robbery.
0: Yeah, no mask, nothing. Nope. A hundred percent, that's her.
1: Yep. And I don't know if I had any others. Oh, yeah, this is...
0: Her getting arrested.
1: This is her at the trial, like, going into trial. You can see, like, this is her new...
0: Yeah, she looks very into... cleaned up. Her hair's curled. She has a little white bow at the front yeah. of it all. Brand new suit. Mm-hmm. And then, is this, what's this? Is this her with her pardon?
1: Yes, that's with the commutation.
0: Commutation from Carter. Yes.
1: Yep. Not fucking bananas. What an
0: absolutely wild...
1: And so that's why I... I no wonder you got
0: so excited when I was like, hey, lost and found for the theme. Does that work for you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: and that's also why I couldn't shorten it by any means because I feel like it needs to be told yeah. in its entirety because otherwise you do a disservice to one's... One party or another party or another party, or you yeah. don't mention Myrna Opsal or you don't mention Marcus Foster. And those are both key, big key elements. But then if you don't right. talk about like the Hibernia bank robbery, you lose.
0: Her story is far too long in and of itself to do 90 minutes yeah. on, just 90 minutes on. And then there's so many other people who are impacted by the story who do not have the kind of media machine that uh, Patty has access to exactly. um, that needs to be mentioned as well. Yeah. I know, I know we're a tiny little platform, but if we're going to do the story, especially one that's right. related to true crime, I want to yeah. make sure we. talk about in the kindest way possible the people that were harmed
1: yeah and I want to make sure that it's recognized that we recognize that Patty was harmed in this but the issue is that it seems like she has seen some level of justice and a lot of the other people haven't but I do I, I just we believe victims and if she thinks she was raped she was raped there are other things that are more important not more important other things that need to be talked about that she has blame that was never accounted for
0: the things that happened to her were awful, and the things she did to others was awful. Were awful,
1: yes. And you can't like one can be true, and the with the other. Right, they're not mutually exclusive.
0: But um, to our friends who are hoping to hear an "Am I the Asshole?" and instead got I think almost six hours of Fatty Hurst content. <laughs> yeah. uh, what a great opportunity to
1: sign up for our Patreon,
0: <laughs> which is definitely we're going to do an "Am I the Asshole?" for yes. that. Probably a, like a almost a traditional percent, episode. Yes,
1: um, and I think. I don't know what story I'm doing. I just know that the theme for the next um, set is gonna cover Christmas and New Year's, and I feel like it needs to be holiday holidayy. And so I was gonna do like hometown for the holidays, but then I thought,
0: hometown hijinks. Hometown hijinks. Okay.
1: It can be like your hometown. It can be someone else coming back to their hometown. I don't know. That's just what I what I came up with. So.
0: Hometown hijinks. I have a couple of ideas.
1: Okay. Because we're not going to record probably until after Thanksgiving. So. I'm
0: wondering how to spell hijinks. There we go. Uh, that was wrong. Um, <laughs>
1: I think that's the point of hijinks. Good.
0: Okay. Cool. 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 <laughs> I was like H O. But 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 and then okay.
1: I'll remember. I'll
0: remember. I certainly listen. I. Was never all that good at spelling. I am okay at spelling now because I know a lot of words. Mm. I've just like seen them. And I know (laughs) I before E except Except after after C, C. which is how you always misspell it.
1: Unless not, you know? Right.
0: Except for the like half a dozen times in which like it is I again. And then you're
1: just fucked every time. Theater, theater. What's a word that you cannot spell ever?
0: Uh, Definitely. Mm. I just put def, D-E-F. Oh, def be there. Oh, that's, that's be fair. There.
1: I can never spell restaurant.
0: R-E- I'm here. No, it's <laughs> not anything. R-E-S-T-A-U-R-A-N-T.
1: I feel like that's how I spell rest it. Rest our... Rest our... our aunt.
0: Aunt. <laughs> Wait, I Did I get it right? Because I always want to put T-E-R And then it's like I hate my phone I hate my phone so much Because I'll put T-E-R A-N-T And it's like What's this word? I've never even seen the Kind of this word before And <laughs> I'm like Shut up Yes you have You know what I'm trying to say That's how
1: it is for restaurant I'll get so close And my phone is like
0: what? what? I have no idea. And it's like two letters like, that are wrong. it's
1: rest and rot. Like, what do you want? I'm talking about food. i I'm pretty sure you got
0: it right. R-R-A. I need to know that I got it right. It
1: just wasn't correcting it me. Was. So I figured yes, it was I, right. Yeah. I, yes. I don't even know how I normally spell it. I just know it's always wrong.
0: You know what a word that I never have a hard time with? Mm. Wednesday.
1: Yeah, me neither. Yeah.
0: When, when like, Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> Environmental I used to have a hard time with. There's just Material. a lot of letters in it.
1: Grocery, I never have a hard time with, but I do have a hard time saying it sometimes. It's mm. like one of those words that is always a sound. It's never a word.
0: Listen, only bad girls with speech impediments <sighs> and upset stomachs are, I don't know. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I, think I put bad something, girls something. too early in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Well, um, sorry. This story was a little sad. I did laugh every time they fucked up. Because it was pretty fun. Every yeah. time anyone fucked up, the police, the <laughs> that SLA
0: is the duality of this podcast. Yeah, though is sometimes fucks up. you're gonna have like a, oh my god, that was such an interesting story, and then sometimes you're gonna be like, that was tremendously sad, <laughs> right? Like I think this was your Mary Shelley, yeah. like that was for me, yeah. and then but then also between these episodes, we've had some real fun stuff. We
1: had out on a limb, right? Out on <laughs> a limb. I'm That's...
0: actually, I'm so excited to listen to that oh. on my drive back from Thanksgiving.
1: Have I sent it to you yet? No. Oh, okay. I finished. I'll, I'll oh, I would to
0: love you. to listen yeah. to yeah, it. you. It also to you also sent me a little video the other day, and but it came in really small, Uh-oh. and it was, it was on Saturday, and like a hundred other things were happening. I am not the kind. I just of, sent
1: you the cat hair video.
0: Oh, oh, can you send it to me again? Yeah, because it was super compressed.
1: I, I um edited into a reel. I'll send you that one.
0: Dope, dope, yeah. But when are we publishing it? Great. I mean, girly, I don't know. The week before Thanksgiving? <laughs> the week
1: after Thanksgiving? Sorry, I don't know. Um,
0: we've gotten a couple of these. Please share hilarious stories with us via Instagram and yes, email. They, we read them. We share them with each other. Uh, we've gotten a couple, but I, I don't think this was the episode to share them on. Catch them <laughs> at the start of the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and. You know, you know how to find us. It's Will I Laughed Pod at gmail.com. Yeah. It is Well I Laughed on all social medias, basically. Catch us on YouTube, write to us, and uh, check out the Patreon for more additional stuff to help make uh, a lot of this stuff work. Yeah. We upgraded our game slightly and are back in the red baby. <laughs> Hell yeah. Nice. <laughs> we are not good planners. And by we, I mean I.
1: <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> uh, and also, I haven't said this in a while, but if you're listening on like Spotify or somewhere, will you... Will you Will you rate us?
0: Oh, yeah. Write a little comment on Apple. That'd be If you write a
1: little comment on Apple, Grant and I will screenshot it and send it to each other because that's what we do. Um, (laughs) But also, it helps a lot getting our podcast out there. Or if you're on YouTube, subscribe. I don't know. We're close to maybe monetizing on YouTube. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) We'll see.
0: (laughs) And um, we're coming up on our half birthday. November 31st is our half birthday. So probably that's, I think, a Thursday this year. Sure. Does November 31st exist? No, it doesn't. November, no, it doesn't. Okay, so November, November 30th will be our half birthday. Because May 31st was our... Yeah, was our birthday. I caught it before I was too embarrassed.
1: That's true. I'm oh, no. I wouldn't have thought of it. Full
0: one week after Thanksgiving is our is our half birthday.
1: Hell, yeah. He'll be maybe I've recovered from the body weight of mashed potatoes that I've consumed.
0: I won't recover from that until February. Because it goes Thanksgiving and then boom, Christmas right away. <laughs>
1: That's fair. And I have I, like, no
0: self-control. I realized
1: that I was like so bloated after Friendsgiving. I was like, man, I need to like track my macros just to see what like I'm fucking putting in my I body. I have I'm zero interest
0: in tracking that.
1: Well, then I was like, next week's Thanksgiving, and, and then the, and then after that's Christmas, and then, y- y- you know what? I'll start in February.
0: <laughs> I would rather track my spending at Pride before I track <laughs> my macros at the holidays. Yeah, that's, like, I tried one year, didn't go well. <laughs> what, macros at the holidays or spending yeah. at Pride?
1: Uh, yes. Yep, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep, that sounds right, that sounds right, that sounds right. You save a, you save a bunch on food because you don't eat anything. Oh, I eat
1: too much. Much. There's food trucks everywhere. What I, I know, to that's do
0: true. Maybe that's the yeah. kind of spirit I need to have this year. Yeah. Maybe those are the watering holes I need to be There's fishing for There's a really from. cute
1: little food truck out on Larimer in Rhino. It's called the Daily Special and it's they had, like, a soup the other day, and they have coffee that they sell uh, It's right outside of Federale. So I love how just, intense
0: like, and serious we get. But at the end of the day, you and me, and, like, especially... We just you love just, a little We're treat. just little girls. We're just little girls. we girls, girl, and, oh, my God, did you see? I don't... We signed off of eight minutes ago, but <laughs> whatever. We're still going. It's... Uh, TikTok will have those little slad, mm. sad slice shows together. Yes. And there's one, and I'm just going to use our names instead. Yeah. And it was, like, it, the park bench, which was a memorial, was, like, <gasps> to Maya. We were girls together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! but we're just little girl girls. We're just girl girls. We just want some soup. <gasps> I just want some
1: soup. That's so real. I really just want some soup. Maybe some potatoes. Um, yeah, okay. Well, find us on Patreon. We're recording that in a couple days. So. Absolutely.
0: In like 48 hours. And early too, because we have a comedy show to yeah, catch afterwards.
1: Do. And some wine to drink. Our
0: dream lives are killing us. And really? we love you. <laughs>
1: okay, bye. <laughs>